Hey guys, brand new podcast. It's the B-Man. I'm thinking about changing my nickname. To the B-Man? No, Double Dribble. Um, double Dribble? Yeah, it's a use joke you ever Are heard. you drooling a lot? No, you, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, last night was touch and go for the B-Man. I'm having panic attacks. I think it's from drinking again. Yeah, definitely. I, I th- and, but I'm it's not going to... fucking up your chemicals. I think so, and I think I partied really hard on the Impractical Jokers cruise. Dude, shout out to Sal, Joe, Murr, and Q for allowing me to go on that cruise. Um, the Impractical Jokers guys are cool as shit, and that was a fucking blast. I was there with Ari. Rich Rich Voss makes me laugh harder than any one human being because he's everything's a bit with him. Like every, I would, I really had wished, I really wish that like I could live near him and Bonnie so that we could hang out with them because I think you and Bonnie grew up very, very similar. Okay. I gotta get Bonnie on the podcast. I want Rich on the podcast. I want Bonnie on the podcast. We were just making a list of people we wanted to podcast with. Yeah, I don't have a Why didn't plan. I do a podcast with Rich when I was on the fucking boat? Stupid. <clears throat> um, I did do a podcast with Mike Vecchione and um, and Ari and Sam Morell, but no one will ever hear that. So um, <laughs> Why? Ugh. First of all, Ari's mic was out the entire time, so... You just hear Ari whispering in the background. Second of all, I got way too drunk. I got way too drunk on the Impractical Jokers cruise, um, but I had a great time. And so thank you, everyone that bought me shots, the hundreds of you on the cruise that bought me shots. Mm. I'm not doing shots anymore. Mm-mm. I think they fucked my voice up. That's the main reason. And uh, I feel like I'm dying the next day. So Sounds uh, awesome. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's where we're at. Well, what did I want to talk to you about? I wanted to talk to you about something, but I can't remember what it was. I was like, oh, well, let's talk about that on the podcast. Oh, it was about that Brene Brown book. I don't know if you want to talk about that still. What though. was it? It was called, um, shoot. I went to see her speak the other night about her new book, and it was about the polarization of our country and that we're more polarized than ever. And that was a fact that she had come up with based on election, based on polling, remember? Yeah. Sort of. Oh, that we used to live. Uh, in different countries, we used to live with different people with different ideas. Now we all live with the same people with the same ideas. Correct. We are we are migrating to communities where everybody's like minded. So anybody outside that community is no longer human. Is no longer human. Apparently. Wow. Apparently. So then you have the right to tweet or do whatever you want to completely defame their character, tear them to pieces because they are no longer in your circle of morality because they don't think the way you do. Where in in like the 70s, it wasn't like that. And she based a lot of her, um, you know, she's an evidence-based sociologist. So a lot of her stuff comes from actual data. I love that. I love when guys do. That's what I loved about Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. Is that he just was based in data. It was in data, and, right. And that's, you know, in today's society where everyone seems to repost and retweet the things that fall into their uh, their mantras mm-hmm. these days, I was like, man, I just want data. I don't give a fuck. You know, the New York Times, you told me this. I'm telling you something you told me. Yes, I did tell you this. Why don't you tell it to me so you okay. get the victory on well, this? Well, Brene Brown's book is called Braving the Wilderness. Anyway. I might so, read this book. It was really good. The whole time I was listening to her talk, I kept thinking Bert should listen to this book because it's a lot of what we talk about, about people tearing people down on social media Ugh. and about, you know, really the theme of the book is about being alone, like yeah. being strong and being alone. My buddy Owen Benjamin was go- is going through that. Uh, he was just on Rogan. I've, I've had Owen on the podcast a bunch but um 
some comics, I think, went after him and got him to, they lost a gig and he lost his agent and he lost his manager. That's terrible. Well, you know what? The thing that Well, he said, said some stuff they definitely disagreed with. Well, I'm sure. I, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, another thing she said that was kind not of... That, just, not, that, that, not that that qualifies losing someone a job. I mean, I think freedom of speech... I always think comics should rep comics across the board. I don't know. His is a little stickier of a situation. Um, and he talked more in depth about it on Rogan. So if you want to listen, listen to him and Rogan talk about it. Um, that is a much more informed conversation. I'm just giving you tidbits, and I don't know the whole fucking facts. Well, but- you know, the thing about it is a comic is supposed to make you think. Right. That's their job. Their job is to take something we see every single day and to have a different take on it so that you can go, ah, hmm, never thought about it that way. Well, if you just you, if a comic just talks about the things you're comfortable with, yeah, that's that's not a comic's job, in my opinion, is to is to push the boundaries well, and to pandering. ask questions people don't want to ask. And it's pandering. But I do it. Somewhat. What's pandering? If you just sit there and just say the things, you know, they'll agree. Oh, with. Well, yeah, that's lazy. Yeah, it's bullshit. It's uh, it's not an art form at that point is pontification. It was, so, it's, I think it's what what is wrong with scenes at different times in scenes as comics are simply regurgitating what they know. Like that was what was wrong with the. Uh, traditional comedy scene in like the early 90s uh, late 80s early 90s was that it was just everyone was doing shit they'd heard before everyone was doing their version of that it was they were doing the shit that works by the way that that has gone on in our scene like the a lot and we see it a lot those people just don't succeed it also happened in the alt scene where they were just pandering to say the thing that worked for the guy the the guy that was better than them the, the Paul F. Tompkins or or uh Patton Oswalt or David Crosses the guys who were the the forerunners in that scene they were just regurgitating what was similar to them I didn't mean to cut you off you did it's okay well I think that can be said for almost any art form like there are only true original artists and then everybody else that tries to be like those true original artists but yeah. comics i think have a very different social responsibility i actually think they have a social responsibility to say you know to make fun of whomever donald trump or whomever so that perhaps the people who don't like donald trump can see a few things differently or you know what i mean yeah. it's, it's not about just preaching to your audience's voice entirely i always i always find that it's for me it's fun to go against the grain yeah and find something that i don't think my fans will agree with. not fans that sounds arrogant but the people that have come to see me that i don't think they'll agree with at first and then try to get them to agree on it. But I think then there's other comics that do, that that is their whole thing is say the thing no one agrees with, and then and then, and then that gets predictable in and of itself. You got I don't know vary it up whatever. Well, that's what a comic's job is. I think is to present something that your audience disagrees with, and then to take them down a path where they go, oh, okay, I see that a little differently now. I think that's actually part of your social responsibility. To some degree, not that you are Mother Teresa by any means, but that. That that's part of the function of of comedy is so we can laugh at things that are uncomfortable, and laughter creates change. And if we can't laugh at things that are uncomfortable, we can't create change. Yeah, it's not the only agent of change, but I think it is a very important one. My podcast is here, and there's my soapbox. Hey, what's up? Um, come uh, on in. Come on in. He comes in in the middle of a fucking podcast all the goddamn time. I think I took all of it. Okay. Okay. I just left Chickens are. Okay. okay. Thanks, Ray. Thank you, Ray. Appreciate Thursday? it. Thursday? Yes. Okay, you'll be back Thursday. This podcast is brought to you by 
GoFundMe. Just no. kidding. <laughs> it's brought to you by Troop 13376. Sort the of. Silver Award. If you want, go to the GoFundMe. I appreciate everyone. I did an intro for it yesterday. My daughter and her Girl Scout troop are doing a... And if this sounds all choppy and all over the place, it's my fault. And I'll explain in two seconds. But uh, but if they're doing a GoFundMe to, ra- to get water fountains in their school... Uh, Refillable water ref- bottle stations. And so if you just want to support, they did a read for it last week. I won't uh, play that read for you again. But go to this GoFundMe.com slash troop one three three seven six silver award. That's all one word. The silver award is a really big deal in Girl Scout troop, and they're working so hard on it. I'm so proud of them. They've raised two thousand one hundred and twenty five dollars so far, but their goal is is ten thousand. So if anybody, even if you give five bucks, we so appreciate it. They are so excited to have raised this much already. Thank you, everybody who's donated. Thank yeah. you so much. And I think Leanne will probably want to tell you go to burtbert.com. Yes. We have a new website that I built myself. Yeah, that, on a very popular website building uh, app yes. that we would love to talk more about. Yes, <laughs> if they'd like to advertise on our podcast. But I built it's, it myself. Well, I, I don't mind telling them. It's, it's Squarespace. It Squarespace. They've been, an ad, they've been a, a sponsor of the podcast before and... We talked about them so much. This isn't an ad for them. No. It, this is just, uh, it's look, it's a good product. Leanne did the entire website. So go check out our, our things. Go check out the website. Yeah. So go I'm check really out. I'm really proud of myself. I'm so proud of myself because I don't even have a Twitter account and I built a website. It on, was pretty She awesome. built it all on Squarespace. By myself. So. But there's, um, you know, the usual t-shirts and whatever, but we have hoodies, machine hoodies that are going to be uh, available by the end of this week. They're not on the website yet because my, my supermodel, Bert Kreischer, hasn't taken a picture in the hoodie yet. So they'll be up and running and available by the end of the week. There's also posters from recent shows. If you went to a show and you didn't get to buy a poster for St. Louis or Houston, um, um, where else? You were just in a lot of places. A lot of places. Go check it out and you can buy a poster. You can buy mugs for the Burtcast, t shirt for the Burtcast. All this you can buy at BurtBurtBurt.com. You can also see tour dates for this weekend in Irvine on the 9th, 10th, and 11th of November. Tampa the 16th, 18th, and 17th. On the 19th, I'm running the St. Pete Run Fest. So if you want to sign up with me, go run a half marathon with me on the 19th of November. Oh, fuck. That is two weeks. That is less than two weeks away. Ooh, la la. I got a lot of training to do. You do. Uh, may all, not be running that. Anyway, Calusa Casino on the first. And Wheeler Walker Jr. is... Uh, oh, no. I'm sorry. Calusa Casino is on the... S- first yeah it's on the first wheeler walker jr's on the third uh that is who we'll be talking to in a couple of minutes i'm going to be more clear about that uh but comedy store la jolla seventh eighth and ninth spokane comedy club 14 15 16 west palm beach 29 30 31 new year's eve in west palm beach i also have to say that uh the wilbur is almost sold out that date is on February 3rd. So it is almost sold out. Depending on how quickly that sells out, we'll add another one. Uh, the Trocadero is entirely sold out. So we are adding... Is it really? I think, yeah, I think three shows have been sold. Wow. So I think we're going to add another show. I'm not sure to when. That's amazing, babe. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Um, Comedy That's Zone awesome. in Charlotte coming up. Morty's. The dates are on burtburtburt.com, yeah, and there's a link to buy tickets for all the dates. So, on Philly, the if you website. want, I think we're going to be shooting a special there. I don't know. I can't really say that yet because we haven't really sold it yet. So, 
If you work for someone who buys specials, <laughs> just make <laughs> a fucking decision, please. Um, <laughs> this podcast is also brought to you by Beachbody On Demand. Beachbody On Demand is an online fitness streaming service that gives you unlimited access to a wide variety of highly effective, world-class workouts. Leanne, what is one of the ones that you will be doing in two months? Uh... The 21 day fix fix. That's right. Because my friend Lynn and I are going to start like January two uh, for 21 was, days. That was a conversation I got into trouble for today. Because Leanne. he laughed at me for waiting six weeks, but I'm like, it's unrealistic to start a 21 day. Like you, you do this regimented diet and exercise plan for 21 days straight. Well, it's Thanksgiving in less than 21 days. And then after that, it's going to be Christmas and all the holiday. It's crazy. I'd be setting myself up for failure. So we're going to start the workout and then really start the 21 like legit 21 day fix on January 2nd. Yes. And so just so you know, this is a uh, a this is a world-class workout personalized for your needs plus extensive nutritional content, all proven to help you achieve your health and fitness goals. You can find step-by-step program guides, workout calendars, nutritional plans, innovative portion control focused on cooking shows, fixate, and the motivation to support a growing community. This is every fucking workout thing you've ever seen. Just get this offer and go on and explore it. That is what you will get out of this. What's even better is that it's really affordable. It's really affordable. I think it's a hundred bucks for the year. It's a hundred dollars a year. And that, by the way, and the, and for me, I'm a traveling comic. So what I do is I go in, I do beast mode. I go into the gym in the hotel. I have wireless headsets. I have the Bose wireless headsets. So I literally put it on and I listen to him do the workout with him. And I, I listen to him and I do the workout with him. That guy's my favorite. He makes me giggle so fucking hard. The beast up guy. The beast up, man. Beast up, bro. Uh, they've got. P90X, Insanity, the 21-Day Fix, T25, three-day yoga retreats, Pio. They've got everything. And like I've said, they've got cooking shows. They've got shows on nutrition. It really is. Tony Horton's on here. He does this podcast workout thing, which I think is of the future. If I was... If I can get... When I was doing all that yoga, I was like, man, we should be podcasting these. Because if I had these on a podcast, I could do these... I could do them by myself. I could do these podcasts. Like, but I think what Tony Horton's doing is next level. I really, he does these like long form. He just videotape him working out and you can work out with them. And it's kind of like listening to a podcast. Rogan should be doing something like that. That's I would do that. Cool. I'd work out with Rogan. Totally. And just listen to him do kettlebells. Right. Yeah. And just be, and just walk through it in the morning and just live stream it to YouTube. That's really smart. You should tell him that. Maybe I will. Maybe, Maybe you he's should. probably already going to do it. Uh. This is a brand new service, but it already has over a million members. My listeners right now can claim a free trial membership. All you have to do is text three one, text Bert to three one three one three one, text Bert to three one three one three one, and get full access to this impl- entire platform for free. You heard what I just said. Check it out for free. Text BERT B-E-R-T. to three one three one three one, and you can check out all the shit they have to offer. Trust me, when we did this, this is what 
got us into it because we were like, holy shit, they've got everything. That's where I started watching all the Tony Horton ones. For but, 99 bucks, it's amazing. But you don't have to pay the 99 bucks no, right no, now. No. You can go on, text BERT to 313131 and access the platform for free. See if it's something you like. If you've ever heard of P90X or Insanity, see if it's something you want. By the way, I am looking at the P90X DVDs and they're literally two inches thick, three inches thick. They're all on this platform. That's all I'm going to say. After doing all the yoga, I noticed my arms were getting a little shallow. And, dude, I've just ripped off this guy's workout. Sometimes I don't even go. I just stole this great workout he does, this arms. Sh- I, and sometimes I'll morph it. I'll do like a shoulders, arms, and backs. And I and I ended up buying all the weights. They're in the man cave. I love this. I love Beachbody. I think it's, I think it's the future. It really is great. And all the shit we do. Because we're all the same. You know I'm a podcast listener. First and foremost, I like to have everything within my three-point thumb range. And so that's how I can access things. If it's a game, if it's a podcast, if it's my workout, if it's a, a running app, if it's anything, that's how I do it. And this is right up there. By the way, you can also download these workouts and save them into your phone. I'm telling you this is a service I genuinely fucking use, and I stand behind it. Beach body. Beach body. Text BERT, B-E-R-T, to 3131 to get access for the entire platform for free. This podcast is also brought to you by another product I'm a ride-or-die motherfucker on. You, I'm, I, I'm almost afraid to even say the name because you know it by heart. Blue Apron. Dude, I fucking love Blue Apron. It is the reason I will have great kids. It has brought our family so much together. So those of you that don't know, Blue Apron, let me just do a read for anyone who's like, wait, wait, hold on. This is my first time listening because I'm a Wheeler Walker Jr. fan. Um, Blue Apron is the number one meal delivery, recipe delivery service in the country. It is phenomenal. They send you fresh meals uh, every week. Uh, we get two, two a week, and uh, and they, all the meals are cheap. They're under $10. They are... Uh, fantastic, fresh-cooked meals that you can cook at home. They say a family that cooks together uh, gets closer, and we believe it wholeheartedly. We do we do at least two Blue Aprons a week where the whole family sits together and we try something new. This offer is a little different, and thank God it's coming in November. Now, everybody, you can expand your wine palette with Blue Aprons wine boxes. Okay, I have a lot to say about this. Go ahead. With Blue Apron, there are no wine leftovers. Blue Apron's slightly smaller wine bottles make it easy to de-stress in the evening and wake up the next morning with a clear head to power through the rest of the week. Just $10 a bottle. Never get overwhelmed at a wine store again. Discover six new wines monthly from Napa, Bordeaux, and beyond. You can customize each box with styles and varieties you love. Blue Aprons. Custom tasting notes teaches you how to identify flavors and aromas in each one. Blue Apron makes learning about wine fun by giving you the who, what, and where of the wines they send. So can I can I talk Please. about this? Okay. So we got this box of six wines. They're smaller than a normal bottle, which for me was awesome because I'm usually by myself. And I only drink like one glass of wine with dinner. And then I feel bad to pour the whole bottle out. But the, this is like three, three and a half glasses of wine in a bottle. Which is, uh, if I drink three glasses of wine a week, that's a lot for me. So... That I liked, that it was not a big bottle. I also like that the wine comes with like a catalog, so you can look up 
the region this was grown in, what the flavors are of the wine, what the aroma is of the wine, what foods you could pair it with. So if you've always wanted to learn about wine, I grew up in rural Georgia. I don't know nothing about wine. If it wasn't Boone's Farm, I'd never heard of it. So this is a great way to learn about the different regions of wine in California and also France. Look, if you're a young kid and you're just figuring out life and these podcasts have changed the way you're living your life, you started to work out more, you got introduced to marijuana, whatever, the, whatever. The, but I know that these podcasts change the way we live. Some of you guys just got into hot yoga. Some of you guys did Sober October with us or did a couple months and it, they inspire you. Look, I can't candidly. I listen to podcasts that only kind of inspire me. Right. And so if you want to learn about wine, this is the way to go about it. I agree. I agree. The only way I learned about wine was that I was a waitress for eight years and I had to learn about wine. And then when I stopped waitressing, I stopped learning. So I thought this is amazing because there are wines in here I've never heard of and I can learn about wine. And we went through a box with a group of six friends and we actually did a tasting. Yeah. Uh, Actually, we didn't. This was in October and I didn't taste any of them. I did it. With and, our friends. And they were like, they were like, these are great. And then they pair them with the foods that you get. And so, you know, for us in October, I wasn't drinking. Leanne wasn't drinking. If I wasn't drinking, our daughters don't drink much. Shit. They don't drink at all. And so this is a great thing. Start discovering new wines today. You can get $25 off your first wine box. It's not a box of wine. It's a wine box. It's they a are box bottles, with bottles They in are it. bottles of wine. Yeah. You know I love my box wine. <laughs> Go to blueapron.com slash BertCastWine. BlueApron.com slash BertCastWine. That's B-E-R-T-C-A-S-T-W-I-N-E. Enjoy perfectly sized wines that come with a custom tasting note to help you become a wine aficionado. That's BlueApron.com slash BertCastWine. You know I mean this when I say this. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. So those are our ads. The podcast is starting. We had to stop because uh, Wheeler Walker Jr. was walking in. And then we did something a little different at the front where Leanne stuck around because we were having this great conversation about what art is and how art should go against the grain, but it should be authentic to who you are as the artist. And Wheeler Walker Jr. does nothing but that. He is doing what the fuck he wants to do in a business that's dictated by by people who go, no, you do what we do. And he's taken off. He literally has taken off. So I wanted Leanne to stick around and hear a song, but we got into a conversation and I was kind of off mic and then Leanne was kind of off mic. But but you're just trust me that when all the mics, everyone will be on mic in a, in a couple minutes. So if you're having a hard time hearing someone, just enjoy the fact that it's the nuance of this podcast. Um, but he plays a couple songs and Leanne stuck around because they hit it off. Uh, so Leanne is on this entire podcast with Wheeler, Wheeler Walker Jr. and they talk country music. And it, it is. And by the way, I don't speak much in this podcast because sorry. Nope that's what that's when that's when the podcast everyone likes is when I shut the fuck up. <laughs> that's not true entirely. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, wait real quick. Do you have a real quick? Um, do do we have any of? Wheeler, let me announce some of Wheeler Walker Jr.'s dates. We do it on the podcast. But, well, uh, we know December third is in. Um, he's it, doing he's doing a LA. West Coast run, December like second, third, Mm-mm, fourth, the third, whatever. It's fourth, fifth, and sixth. Yeah, so he's doing a, a run. Uh, those dates, we'll announce it in the podcast. You'll hear it in the podcast. Leanne does a read for it. So 
Oh, these are his uh, his dates. Leanne does a much better run read of these later. But uh, Sunday, December third at the Novo uh, downtown in Los Angeles. Monday the fourth in the Observatory North Park in San Diego. Tuesday the fifth of December, the Observatory Santa Ana. California, and Wednesday the 6th at the Van Buren in Phoenix, Arizona. It's a little run he's doing, and we're out here promoting it. I'll, I'll make sure to recap this uh, the first week of December to let sure everyone know. But um, And also, for those of you who don't know, uh, Wheeler Walker Jr., you've heard him on Rogan, you've heard him on Joey. He's been on this podcast. Uh, his album, Old Wheeler, is uh, just tore up the charts with hits like Pussy King and and Puss in Boots and uh, and Finger Up My Butt and Summers in Kentucky, Drunk Sluts. He plays that one for us. And Poon. Just Poon. He's fucking awesome. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. I hope you have a great week. Um, Bender November is in full effect. I'm going over to Rogan's right now to do a podcast with Tommy, Ari, and those guys. So go check that out. But without further ado, this week's podcast... Wheeler Walker Jr. and Leanne Kreischer and Bert Kreischer. This is I wanted Leanne to stick around and because we had this great conversation about pushing boundaries and being different. And the guy we're having on today is so fucking different than anyone. And he's he's really uh changed he's gonna be walking around the corner any second he'll be here any second and the podcast will start the change a a bunch of shit hold on um but what's his real name uh, that leanne his real name is wheeler walker jr that's not true leanne just leanne just come on in fuck yeah he's here he's here come on in buddy hi hey good 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 you know my wife leanne have you guys met? So we just keep all of this in. It's going to be a little bizarre, but we were just having this great conversation. Sit right over here, and we're having this great conversation about. Um, and I, I asked, we, I asked you to bring your guitar today because we, we never, I haven't got you to sing on the podcast. But I was, and I hate to rush you into this, but Leanne uh, was just talking about a comics, like a, an artist's responsibility to 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 not just preach to the choir. And to go against the grain. And that going against the grain is what art is. I said, that's so fitting. She just went and saw this lady talk about it. I said, it's so fitting. Wheeler Walker Jr. is coming in. And he has done nothing but go against the grain. That's my whole career. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's funny because while we're recording this, um, tomorrow night is the CMA Awards. Like the Country Music Awards. The biggest country music awards show of the year. And I found out just recently that... Um, I did a duet called Fucking Around. Yeah. And, and I wrote it with my buddy Shane, who's like on the CMA board. He called me a couple weeks ago, and he, this is the kind of stuff I I hate. I don't want any part of it. And he said he was at a meeting, and they go, hey, we got a problem here. Vocal event of the year. You might know, they go, anybody know this guy, Wheeler Walker Jr.? Because <laughs> they go, he's about to be nominated. <laughs> and, and, they, and they go. It was they. It goes by. It goes by. Uh, top to bottom. You know, they just keep voting, voting, voting until the last nomination. He goes. He's about to be nominated. And what you know? What do we do if he gets nominated? Because he's a couple votes away. And he, my buddy Shane raises his hand. He's like, "Yeah, I co-wrote this song." And they're like, "Oh, crap! You know, this is legit." So just knowing, I'm. You know, 
I think what happened, I mean, I've got a lot of fans in the industry who just kind of like that I'm pushing it. I think a lot of people just saw a bad word and probably, cl- you know, yeah, clicked it. I mean, again, I want no part of it. And like, like, like I'm saying, tomorrow night's the biggest night for country musicians in America. And I would love to. Part of me, I mean, I'm, I'm real happy I don't have to be at that stupid show. Yeah. But part of me would have been nice to just like walk down that red carpet and stick my middle finger up at every single person. Well, I think I think Leanne's. I don't know how. Are you familiar with his work? No. So. It, I, I, if we could, while we have Leanne, I was wondering maybe if you could just play a little something for her to get her accustomed with what you do. You know what? We got a new video coming out called Pictures on My Phone. I'll pull, I'll, do you know that song? No, I don't. Well, I'll, I'll play it. Why don't I play that for you? Okay. Would you be cool with that? Yeah. Okay. But it's it's a, like all my stuff. It's like, a, you know. You're still recording, right, Halston? Okay, good. Yeah. Halston will set you up. He's got the mic so that we can get your guitar on this. I think this is... Um, but yeah, this is, uh, this is a real treat because Le- what was the name of the lady you saw speak? Renee Brown. She wasn't talking about this specifically. She was talking about how people have found that the people move into sections of society and then don't, they all think alike that, that everyone in, everyone in South Florida thinks carry the carry permit. That's a bad example. Probably. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I, I did Joey last night, Joey's podcast, and we were talking about the same thing about just like how much easier our lives had been. You know, he was using the example of so I need to get in the mind. No, 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 the, it's picking up a little bit. It's picking up the fucking blower. Yeah. Jesus Christ! But he, he, Joey, was talking about you know when he tried to put on the suit and you know go clean, and it just wasn't him. Oh yeah, it's like, so not Joey. Though. I, I think it's uh, exactly. I think it's less to do with. Um, going against the grain i think it's just being yourself and if being yourself if it's and they can, and country music more than most places they can sense that like if i click if i had a clean song that i wanted to sing I w- i'd sing it just right now paying paying for my own album and stuff and this is what comes out i'm not going to censor it you know to try to get on the radio they're not going to get on anyway so then what happened with hey, free? uh hold, hold hang on leanne wait, wait, wait one second here why don't you sit here leanne why? No, it's your. It's yours now. Take a shower. Here. So he's. I'll sit right next to you. Okay. What happened to so Hank all, Three? All the outlaws yeah. in the country are yeah. friends of his, so he knows all these guys. Yeah, I don't know Hank Three that well, but yeah, he. Um, I mean, he's someone who probably pushed a, harder than me, and he uh, he he battled his label to get out of his deal, I believe, and. Um, yeah, he's just not. He's got his own thing. I mean, he's he's his own. There's country music. There's this. There's that. And there, there's Hank Three. There's that. He, he's got his own thing. Okay, I know the one album I have. One of his albums that is so good. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. He's awesome. But yeah, he just if you don't play by Nashville's rules, they don't want a part of you. Exactly. You know? But it doesn't sound like you play like by Nashville's rules. I don't. But. Um, I mean, I, I do the opposite of, you know, what I'm supposed to do. But I also, um, for whatever reason, seem to know a lot of these people. And right. they and it's kind of bothered me, to be honest, is that I've become like a, it's like cool for like such and such artists to say, oh, I'm friends with Wheeler Walker Jr. Mm-hmm. But then I get pissed, you know, because I'm like, why don't you tweet about me or put on my T-shirt instead of just like telling your friends that, you know, it's like, a, I don't like being hip at all. Like that bothers me. I don't like the industry, but I also, there's... Nashville's a weird town now because um, when 
I kind of grew up there, and my mom's from there. And when she was a kid, there was like it was just a southern town where you would maybe run into Crystal Gale or something. Right now, it's now it's Vegas. It's a mecca, right? And it's like uh, there's East Nashville, which is the hipster the, the hipster land, and there's you know regular Nashville, Music Row, corporate land, and I'm someone who just I can't fit into either. Right. Hipsters think I'm not PC, and the industry thinks I'm you know messing with them and using curse words and stuff, which I am, you know. Yeah. So I can't – both are, kind of, think, kind of confused, and neither one wants me. So it's just like you got to find your own your own way in. Right. But it's like you said, it's just authenticity. That's think, right. And that's what bothers me so much about country music nowadays is – It all sounds the same. Yeah, but there's no authenticity. These right. people singing are, you know – They all sound the same They to all me. sound the same. And listen, I don't – I, I, I don't – you know, I get it. I don't care where you're from, if you're from Canada, whatever – but don't sing about, you know, working on the farm or, you know. Uh-huh. I have a problem with that. Big problem. Because I'm from rural Georgia. Yeah, that's what Bird was saying on the last yeah, podcast. I'm like, there's just, you just don't get out of my business is what I feel like. If you don't know what you're talking about, don't. don't but I feel it. like even if you didn't, without reading Wikipedia, just listen to the music, you'd know it's not authentic. Right. And it's been just so, in, there's such an influx of, like, this really garbage pop music into it. Totally. It's like. Well, pop yeah. music all sounds the same to me, too. Exactly. There's yeah. no, uh, no unique voices anymore. I mean, Adele is unique, but, I, 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 but she's – who else? I mean, I was actually – Joey and I were talking last night. We both really like Miley Cyrus. Like, Oh, I think oh, I she's like great. Too. Yeah, she's, she, she's, she's <laughs> great. As soon as her sister, Yeah, and she's, she's, I, I haven't heard her yet, but, I mean, growing up in Kentucky, I mean, Billy Ray was, you know, he was, the, he was Elvis, you know. Totally. But there's a – I mean, I turn on these. Sorry, I just hit that mic. Uh, I turn on these. You know, occasionally I'll turn CMT for the one hour a week they play music videos, and I don't know what this is. I always call it like Milli Vanilli with a twang. I don't know what this garbage <laughs> is. It's just, it's just like pop music with a. They're trying to. The best example I heard was a buddy of mine who's a big country music producer was talking about um. Which I th- I think is true is like everything that's hip in New York and L.A. kind of takes like ten years to get to Nashville to the South. Mm-hmm. It's in general, and I think that's true. And I think like the beats and the kind of pop music they're doing, like it's one it'd be one thing if they were like Radiohead experimenting with cool new sounds. They're not doing that. They're taking stuff that was hip ten years. They're taking like you know Millie Vanilli, Vanilla Ice. They're still in that world. Right. MC Hammer and shit. Like just trying to. I think there's a racial issue too. I think it's just like kind of taking this kind of. You know, black music that, and then whitening it up mm. for um, white. You know, because some of these people can't, don't want to listen to hip hop. But what if we put a white face on it right. and he he rapped about beer and trucks and with a twang? Yeah, with a twang. It's like uh-huh. you know, because Florida Georgia Line is one of the bands I really hate, and they're just they're on tour right now with Nelly. What? They're tour. They're 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 a country band. They're the tour. If you can go see them right now, it's it's, it's Florida Georgia Line with Backstreet Boys and Nelly. What? That's a country show. Yeah, they just did Wrigley Field. I think Nelly got, got arrested for rape. Well, that's classy. But, but didn't get. But he's still on the tour. Super classy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, they want to like. The, they see all the kids nowadays at the snow. The kids want these new beats and these new sounds. But I mean, it's the oldest story in the book. You know, it's like. I mean, I love Elvis, but you know, Elvis was just the, the white face for black music, and totally, now, yeah. and now they found a way to get a white countries found a way to get white faces for this 
new kind of you know hip-hop kind of shit that's interesting that's a really interesting perspective and our daughter georgia every once in a while goes through like a two-week phase where she listens to country music and it's like nails on a chalkboard to me because i'm like i this person sounds just like the last person who will sound like the next person they're all talking about the same thing how are you listening to this but one thing i can say is the women have really good voices like well that's true but the other thing too is you, i mean what with the technology now, that's what bothers me too. I don't know who's got good voices because they can do anything uh, to them in the studio. I mean, yeah. to me, that's why every, to me every voice sounds the same because I've I know friends again who've worked on big females, you know, or big stars just period, not female, but you know, big stars albums. They'll go out, they'll record, and the the man or woman just like I'm out, you know, fix it, move. You know, did I was, was I late in the line? Was I early? Move it over. Was I out of tune? Just fix it. They you know? cheat. It's a cheat. Yeah, well, it's not. It's it's a cheat as in as much as if you want it to. If you want to go see the concert and you want to, you know, right. that's not what. And it's not who the person is, you right? Know. I think Taylor Swift is someone who's. I think in you know people kind of notice when she's when she when she when you see her concert, she's a little where they were were pitchy, you know, mm-hmm. loses pitch here and there, which is normal. People do that all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I had a guy tell me that you know if you really listen to, El, I mean, I. You would never notice, but he claims that Elvis is, is like is flat a lot of the time, and I, I, I and I was like, I got to be honest, dude. Like, it sounds good to me, you know. Like, right. I don't like if if that's flat, you know. I'll t- you know, but maybe that's what gave him his sound. I don't know. It's just it's just not it's not it's not one two three four, you know. Count off. Let's play. It's computerized and everything. They're just making it all. And I've, I know people again who go. Sorry, I'm I'm on a I'm on a tear right now because you got me worked up. But sorry. people people go on like label guys stop by recording sessions with the little clicker. Mm-hmm. That how many beats per second you're playing? What? Yeah, and I've had producers stop by and they they go by you know they had this little ticker and they go, no no you can, the hot th- shit right now is 128 beats per second. This is 140 beats per minute. Beats per minute. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. BPM. Yeah. You're right. I'm sorry. Bert knows more about music than me. No, 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 no. I'm obsessed with BPMs because of running. So I know what songs are all in the BPMs of 156 because that's a uh, 10 minute mile. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. But the thing is that that's that's gone into. But they're like, but they'll come in. They'll go. You know what? The hits these days are 162. But and that's ridiculous. They're keeping people in one lane. Yeah. So you have well, to, you're, you have you're to go with down you, this one lane. You're with me. I mean, that's imagine awful. imagine going into the studio with fucking. Imagine telling Keith Richards like you know. You got to stay in this lane. But imagine telling Keith Richards, like, you know, brown sugar's a little, you know, you got to speed it up five beats per, per no. minute, you know. Is that, that ain't what the kids want to hear. It's right. like, that's not how music works. It's not how music works. It's like comedy in a lot of ways in that it has the power to change people's minds about things and make people think about things they wouldn't normally think about. I think music and comedy are similar in that way. I think uh, what, what, no, sorry, I wish I... Had put up three. I didn't realize Liam would be here. Be it up, but uh, <laughs> I didn't either. But I prefer one of the, it. One of the things I one of the things I like about what Wheeler does is when I saw Louis's first big special, he had a joke about eating a bag of dicks, which is to any comic is like a, is almost like a little. You'd be afraid to do it in a club because you're like, wait, is that an easy joke? But what it was great about it is it made Louis laugh. And if it made Louis laugh, it made you laugh. And you realize, oh, I'm signing up for what this guy likes making. Like, you know, like a, a chef may go, I'm making ratatouille. It's a simple meal, but it, it's going to bring back a feeling that you're going to love. And that's what I think what you do, which I love. And I'm excited to hear Leanne 
hear you play since she's never listened to you. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, one of the things, it's funny you say that because I was in the studio for my first record and the guy who produces my records does Stapleton stuff and Sturgill Simpson. Like, the, probably the biggest producer in town. He's become a good buddy of mine. And he uses kind of his session players, you know, kind of the go-to, his like his like go-to Nashville backup band. Mm-hmm. And we became friendly with, I became really friendly with these guys. And then I'm just playing, it's really traditional country music, but I love these guys so much. So occasionally I'll just throw, I mean, it's usually not on my lyric sheet. I'll just throw in something crazy to make, to, to, I want them to, I want them to fuck up. I want the drummer to lose beat. He never does, but right. I want to throw him off and I want him to get a laugh. I want right. the track to end and hear him laughing at the end or something. So it's just me messing with the right. guys in the band, which is, that's just, that's just like a local show at a, at a bar or something. And right. then you just put it out as, as it is, you know, cause right. all, I mean, my records both, we have the second record out now that's, uh, both records were uh, each done three days of record of uh, each right. one. You know, it's like the songs were recorded in the time it takes to record the song. And then we mix it. Yeah. Then we're done. Yeah. The last one, I didn't even do vocal overdubs. It's just like the, the vocals I did live sounded good to me. So we just kept them. That's great. Which is, I mean, again, you know, I don't, everyone doesn't have to be a, as talented as me, good luck. But, <laughs> but everyone doesn't have to... Listen, I understand why Tim McGraw and Faith Hill aren't doing live albums. You know, right. I get it. There's more to it. they got a different type of audience. But at some point, there's got to be something, you know, real you got to grab on. You know, because I was a kid, I used to love, like, punk punk rock and listen to that stuff. And there was actually a decent amount of, like... Like, for where I lived, like, a decent amount of, like, southern punk rock. And these guys... It was my favorite kind of music because it, it was these guys who would, like play punk rock but they had still they still had their twang mm-hmm. and they would try to just play pure punk but they wouldn't stop themselves from doing the ne- it would sound like country have a hint of country because it's just all they knew right but they would they would un- they, they got kind of the um they were really um attached to the feeling and the you know the fuck you-ness of punk rock so it would sound it would sound like johnny cash sped up to you know to punk you know, speed yeah but they weren't pretending that they they weren't doing like an English accent or something. Right. They were just they were doing themselves. Yeah, I mean, then they, then they actually started doing you know like Folsom Prison as like you know as a punk rock song. So How it was cool. cool! Yeah, it was really cool to hear. Um, what, what what was the name of the? Well, that band is actually it's funny. They actually taught me how to. One, the guitarist is the one who taught me how to play guitar. Um, they're called they were called Nine Pound Hammer, hmm. and they and the and the guitar player went on to form this band Nashville Pussy, which ended up um, Nashville. yeah Nashville Pussy ended up getting a Grammy nomination. Which yeah. is really funny, but yeah, just local guys from Owensboro, which is outside of Lexington. How cool! So, yeah. what's the song you have here? It's called "Pictures on My Phone." It's my new. It's it's got a clean title, but it's not. It's it's <laughs> the new record is a lot about my first tour and about how you know because I'm getting older. It's about being on the road and like not understanding young girls and like technology and Snapchat and all that kind of shit. I feel you. Yeah, I mean, hopefully I'm not. not hopefully road, not. Hopefully not Snapchat. too much. You don't I don't. Them. I don't you have don't young girls either. But no, just meeting a girl and just like getting her number, and she's like sends you a picture of her pussy. It's just like, oh my god! And I'm like, someone really sent you a picture of their pussy? No, I just play the song with her. I just play the song. I think did, so did I think someone really send you a picture of their vagina? Oh, all I mean, all the time. No, I'm, I'm dating a girl now, so no. But yeah, I mean, like, if you asked anyone in, tw- in their twenties, that's what they do all day. Yeah. Who does that? Why do they do that? Oh, that that's that's all. It's that's all. There's an yeah, app, I don't believe you. There's an app called Snapchat that's just made for. Yeah, them. I know Snapchat, but people take pictures of their vagina. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how Ari meets most of the girls he dates. Oh my god. 
Yeah, I mean that's terrible. No, well, that's part. Not that yes, bad. it is it's terrible. Not that bad. And I think if you caught up to the times, no, no, it no, might, no, it might. Uh, no, no, no. But, I, but I'm with you. I'm kind of no. older, and so it's just like. If you told me that when I was 18, I'd be all into it. Now I'm a little older. I'm like, well, you're into it, but that's terrible that a girl thinks she's got to send a picture of her vagina to get a guy interested. Well, of course, it's it's definitely horrible. It's horrible. But I'm saying, like, if I was 18, I would have loved it. But you know, well, you would have. Yeah. But now that I'm older, it's just she's not sending it for her own pride. She's sending it so the guy likes her. It's like it's like. No, but but I'm taking your side here for a second, which is now that I'm older, I get the picture. I'm like, I don't want to meet up with a girl who would do this. Totally. It's like stinky cut bait. Yeah, hey, shark. Hey, mom, dad, look That's at this. Awful. Look at this girl. Look at this girl I met. What, what do you think? Yeah, no yeah. way. Yeah. You know, she looks kind of weird. No, that's there's, a, that's there's a classy point. ways to do it. Like if you sent me a picture of three vaginas and yours was one of them, and then I got rewarded if I could pick yours out of a lineup. <laughs> that, that will never happen. That's the that's the classy you way. Send me, just that why would never you ever send me a picture of because your that you know what? You know, send the other two at least. Sacred, really anymore? <laughs> I feel like that's just nothing is sacred. Nothing secret. Well, by the way, what what you're saying is that 100 percent correct. Nothing sacred nothing is nothing secret there's no i mean no. There's, no, there's no secrets left it's it's awful because i mean imagine if hank jr had a uh, cell phones back on his tour bus in the day oh I mean, forget oh. it he would have he would have been gone in a week oh totally um so i you know again that new record was just about me trying to you know trying to play this kind of traditional music and do the old honky tonks and stuff in this new world it just didn't really work for me right and i'm kind of an old-fashioned guy in a lot of ways even though i talk a, a cool game a lot of it's just you know it just doesn't work, you know. It's your humor. Yeah, well, I try. I try to tell my buddies in the band, you know, man, look at that girl's tits, so awesome. And then, and then, you know, she wants to hang out. I'm like, guys, let's get the fuck out of here. Right. You know, <laughs> never mind. Yeah, I pass. Exactly. I pass. Um, <laughs> but I am dating somebody now, which has changed a lot too. Yeah, dating has changed, or dating somebody has dating somebody has, has has really helped me out on tour. You know. You don't want to get fucked up because you just you just finished up sober October, right? Yeah. How'd it go? It was great. It was absolutely fantastic. I loved it. I was pretty much sober this last tour, and I, I felt great because the problem is, you know, with touring, you wake up, you play a show in Kansas City, wake up, and you're playing Oklahoma City the next night. You, sh- you just can't do it. You can't be hungover for a six hour ride with a, sh- a, t- a show that night. And I actually tried to do the sober Oct- October with you guys, but the problem was October. F- I think it was first and second. I opened up uh, two shows at the Kid Rock Fish Fry, and that's not a way to, you can't start that. Wait, month. you opened up two shows at the Kid Rock Fish Fry? He has a, a a yearly event in Nashville called the Kid Rock Fish Fry, which is like a which is basically like a a gathering of the Juggalos for Kid Rock fans. And you, like, I couldn't be. I just. I mean, I can, I guess, but I couldn't be. The only sober person of 5,000 people while they're all looking at me. Right. You know? That's what I said. I was going on the Impractical Jokers cruise, and I was like, I cannot be the sober person on this cruise. I'll lose my fucking mind. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Everyone's lo- – I mean, I was probably – first of all, I was already the only one who wasn't wearing some form of the American flag on my body. <laughs> <laughs> you know. They also unveiled the new uh, – the Kid Rock uh, w- Madame Tussauds, uh, you know, wax figures. So. Oh, my God. Okay. We got a card problem. Keep going. Card problems? Yeah, here, keep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go grab another card real quick. Okay. Keep going. Wait, play the song for Leanne. I'm dying to hear that. Okay. I, 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 here, I'll let me, let me make sure my voice. Let me do a. That's a beautiful guitar. Thank you. Gibson made me this. That's it. beautiful, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I used to play Martin's and then Gibson's came along. They're like, we'll give you guitars if you want. It's like, fuck Martin. And right? They made this guitar with my pearl inlay, my name. It's beautiful. 
Um, yeah, it's it's a piece of work. Um, I'll definitely only be playing Gibsons from now on. I'm just making sure I can kind of sing it. It's a little early for me, but I'll bet I can get it. Should I go ahead and try, sing? Flashback, I was just 16. Look at pictures in a magazine. All it takes for me to cream was a girl in the nightgown. But the girl these days, I swear, hanging out in the underwear. Snap titties like they didn't care. They spread all over town. Well, I guess it's a whole new world. Have sex and you don't even need the girl. Playing music out on the road. Head back to my hotel room. A solid one. Send me pictures of your pussy on my phone. <laughs> Make the movies on the internet. I prefer the personal shit. Won't feel so all alone. With some pictures of your pussy on my phone. Getting off the bus at dawn Girls waiting there suck me off Turn around and then I'm gone I don't need to make time for a phone I can nail every woman I see Fuck more than a Kennedy That shit gets old to me I'll be alone when I want to come home Rather be by myself at night Glaring up with the cell phone light Playing music out on the road Head back to my hotel room Can you do me a solid one? Send the pictures of your pussy on my phone Make the movies on the internet I prefer the personal shit Won't feel so all alone With the pictures of your pussy on my phone that's good you that was want, great thank you yeah it's, uh, all I'm trying to do is just sing and to be honest, it's not me trying to be funny. It's just me trying to talk about my life. And I get it that it sounds, you know, me right. talking like myself talking. To, I mean, that's your thing, right? Just the truth is yep. funny. And I'm I just yep. and I sing about the truth and people laugh. And I don't get upset when they when they when they laugh. I mean, I think I told you this story last time is when my first record came out. Uh, I, I, I put out the records myself, but there's a company that distributes the records and they call up. They go, you know, you debuted at number nine on the comedy charts I mean, on the country charts. And you, and you also debuted on the country on the comedy charts, and I started screaming my ass off. I go, "It's not comedy, it's country." He started screaming at him. We started because I always scream. I go crazy, and we were just screaming at each other. This woman who was a friend of mine, and and finally I just go, "You know what? Let's just stop screaming for one second. Where am I on the comedy charts?" She goes, "You have the number one comedy album in America." Wow. Okay, I go, "Okay, let's keep on the comedy charts." Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. You know, they just they just put it on the comedy charts because they heard bad words. Right. But I, I was very at the time. I was very um you know, very 
passionate about saying this country, not comedy. But right. then once – if people laugh at I don't really – you know, I don't care. Here, hop up, hop up. Well, it's like having two audiences, really. Right? Yeah, well, because well, a lot of people here. that listen to yeah, comedy here, don't listen to country. Just switch spots with me. Switch well, the, spots the, with me. The, the other big thing too is you know because radio won't have me, and then I can, but right. I can go to Bert, I can go to Joey or Rogan or whatever. You Sit know, right here if you're right. going to be here. Um, well, what's interesting is we were down in Alabama this summer, and I had whatever your album that had, we had just podcast that I had you on the podcast and it had just come out, and I played it. Maybe it was your first album, and I was played it for Leanne's cousins. And I said, uh, I said, I want you guys to hear how this guy on my podcast, thinking that I didn't know how they were going to receive it. And uh, one of her cousins goes, oh, Wheeler Walker, I fucking love him. Turn it up. And there was no irony in whatever song he was singing. There was no comedy in it. it this guy was living the same life you live. And I went, and it's the, the music, res- the music's great, but the lyrics resonate with, for on different levels with different people. Yeah, I mean, that's what, that's kind of what, Leanne was talking about is when I sing the first album it's called Redneck Shit I sing a song called Redneck Shit and it's not a guy you know you know googling Redneck Shit and seeing what Redneck Shit is it's just all the shit my mainly I mean I'm more of an observer it's more shit my friends did growing up in Kentucky I'm singing about all the shit they did or shit that we thought would be funny that Redneck you know it's it's just the way we talked in high school is all I'm doing is making it taking all the high school talk and making it rhyme so I think people it resonates with people just because they know it's not um it's authentic. It's authentic. It's funny yeah. too because I was actually I was I was at a at a at a at a, at a writing session once, and some got I was actually there with the guy and he's like you know what this song needs a little bit of like kind of redneck language, like redneck shit and I and he goes and so one of the other guys at the writing session goes we should just like Google redneck shit see what kind of words come up and he googles redneck shit and my picture comes up. No way. Yeah, I'm like well. Um, that ain't gonna help you, <laughs> but yeah, I mean these writing sessions. I mean, some of the guys are great writers, but a lot of them are just like you know, they could be in L.A., New York, whatever. It's just like right. you know, and someone because t- I've been really interested in the songwriting scene lately because that's where the that's what I'm interested in is songs. So I've been talking to a lot of you know songwriters, all you know in all different genres, and it's interesting what they hear because I'll have pop people come to me. They'll go like you know because I'm you know I'm on the country charts or like you know we could. My, my my people want a little more. They're saying they they they're like you know you would you want to write something? I'm like I don't write pop songs. They're like, well my people are telling me that you know pop needs a little more you know country language in it. You know they they're looking for more song you know rural kind of stuff. I guess as pop moves more out into the you know to the small cities of Alabama, not just the big cities. You know it's like we need some more of that. You know they're trying to sell as many. They're grasping on the last few straws of, of popular music. Whatever lyric connects with you. Like, well, there's a Taylor Swift lyric that I was like, it doesn't resonate with me, but I, I resonates because I go, oh, yeah, I bet. Um, I bet that resonates with people who live in the South. Is about, uh, it's about one about um, getting out in the swinging door smacks or whatever. And I was like, oh, because there is a lot of screen doors in the South. There's screen door something. I don't forget the lyric, but I was like, I was like, oh, that's a good lyric because it it rings true. It's it's honest. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. Is you just I don't care. I mean, I don't listen to my listen back to tracks and go, is that going to be honest for? I just sing what's honest to me, and your hope is that people will connect with, and you have something in common with an audience. Dude, I had a joke. I was thinking about this joke I had last night. My buddy is, uh, I think he's in prison. But uh, no, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Oh, well, it's already out. I think I don't know what's going on with him. He was a, you can Google him. He was a, a joke I did about going, taking acid and go to Disneyland with him. And the joke was, 
uh, he he wasn't the brightest guy. Well, obviously, he's in jail for marijuana dealing uh, right now in Florida. But uh, who is it? It's Harper. And so, but one time he misspelled his name. By the way, I didn't even write this. Well, I always forget you're from yeah Florida. I mean, yeah. People forget that's the that's the real South. Yeah. And uh, and he and yeah. are you are you going to shower? What, do you, are you yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did yeah, that yeah. song? Did that song make you feel dirty? Is that, are you going to go? It's terrible. I okay. have no idea that people actually do that. Here, they talk, they don't talk, talking to a fucking microphone. Wait, please. people don't actually take pictures of their pussy? No, no. I'm saying oh, people, okay. I thought you meant like that. Make songs like this? Oh no, 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 no. He had told me about your songs, and I think I, you, I listened to them in Georgia too. Yeah. So in I, Alabama. Alabama, yeah. That's where same it should same. be should be listened to. Same, know. same. Well, yeah, it's definitely stuff that is familiar to all of my people. And it's, it's all I'm listening to now is like, uh, is like, all I'm listening to right now is like, you got, you, um, Sturgill, Nathaniel Rateliff, the um, Bird Cloud. Like, oh, yeah. It's all my favorite. And I'm I, glad to hear that music getting out there, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't take, obviously... I think Sturgill was the first one to kind of break it over open big. I played you Sturgill, yeah, he's yeah, great. yeah. I album. yeah, yeah. And I, I, I had a you know, he's an old friend from Kentucky, and I had dinner with him a couple of weeks ago, and it's just like now I think it's just kind of called. He's just like a he's just like a guy who's just his music just connects with people. But I think he, I would say he kind of influenced me less as a, as a friend. It's just like I remember getting that his records like oh I got to get grab his new record and it kind of got me back into country again just like i hadn't heard real country in a long fucking time yeah there he is a couple songs where i go where once again it's the i guess now that i see you say this it's the lyrics i i, I a, a tune will get me in like a good tune is always like as you were playing that i was i you know i play the guitar but i was watching your fingers i was like oh you know it's 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 simple chord structure he's not going too complicated but the way you're doing it like just moving a couple fingers in that I'm sitting there going, God, that's why it sounds so fucking good. Like, I could never be that good on a guitar. Well, it sounds way better on the album for people listening. Oh, I love acoustic. I love acoustic guitar playing. I love it. Yeah, Are stop. you going to shower? Yeah. You seem like you're getting up. Well, I thought I was. I thought I was. Well, I, I just am afraid that you're not on any mic. And so everyone's like, Bert, I can't hear fucking Leanne. But. It, no, 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 no. I want yeah, to. Give her, give her, no. I feel like I'm. I'm Crash in the pocket. No, I, I, no, no, no. I think I think you're the perfect person to be in this. Well, here, grab grab the guitar mic and because you because Leanne is just take the mic, baby doll. Oh, just take. The yeah, mic. don't take the. Yeah, Sorry, just I grab the mic. Get it out of the way. That's okay. No, and so Leanne is the perfect person uh, because. This is stuff she would listen to in the house. I mean, obviously not that with the girls. Well, what I listen to in the house is classic country. Like, like, give me, like who? George Jones. Yeah, that's my one of my favorites. Yeah. I love him. I listen to Waylon Jennings, Merle Haggard, Dolly Parton, old Dolly Parton, oh, I love, uh, yeah. Loretta Lynn. I mean, we, we, we would, yeah, we have basically the same album see, collection. See, here's my question. That's what so I love. let's break it's down Dolly, Dolly Parton. For me, when you take a song like Nine to Five, it, it is. Well, that was pop music. That was them selling out at the time, but it was still it's still a good song. It's still a good song, but there is a cartoonishness to it, you know, like like just the. Uh, well, it was the theme song to a movie. Yeah, no, but so. no, but still, but it, it's still a great song. Yeah, it like is. when you hear it, you go, "It's still a great song." And she wrote it. Yeah, and she wrote. Well, that's the thing everything. people people don't understand about Dolly is she writes all she her writes songs. Everything. She plays every everything. instrument. You know, she's she, amazing. You know, she doesn't get her. Because she's a woman and she got big boobs, people don't take her seriously. Is that you know? Because like 
people in country know that she's you know the greatest ever is up there with everyone else but i think to the outside world there's a kind of cartoon characterness to her her image that doesn't get her the you know the um acclaim of like a george jones or something because or johnny cat let's just compare her to johnny cash you know Mm -hmm. i don't think and i there's no one i love more than johnny cash but there's nothing he did really that I mean, he's he was earlier and pioneered it a bit more, but nothing he can do that she can't do. You know, right. in my opinion. I agree. She played. I just saw her at the Hollywood Bowl, uh, and uh, she played so many instruments. I couldn't believe it. I was like, no, she's actually really playing. Well, imagine if a that. guy was. Imagine if like right? you, know, you know, um, it just leaves in my head like Tim McGraw comes out and he he plays a whole set of songs he wrote and he's playing twelve different instruments. He'd be the he'd be the next. You know, king of country, but that's not. No one can do what she's doing. No, no one can. And you know, it's really cool that that particular show I saw. She told the story of how she wrote every single song she sang. So then you know, she wrote every single song in the two and a half hours that I watched her, and it wasn't even close to her whole catalog. Well, I was told recently that I don't. Sorry to interrupt, but I th- someone told me, and I'll bet it's true that I will always love you. That's you know the. Yeah. That that's the most played song in the history of radio. No way. That she, I mean, people forget that Whitney Houston song was a juggernaut mm-hmm. that she wrote I for mean, Porter Wagner. Yeah, exactly. I mean, right. that's. I guess other people. She had her version. Who's Porter Wagner? Porter Wagner was like her old partner. Her like you know, there was like George and Tammy, and you know. Uh, Conway and Loretta. And Loretta, and yeah. George, who really, was that like a popular thing? Is oh, yeah, up? duets. Yeah, but like Porter Wagner had his own TV show, right? Correct. And then had Dolly and on. And hired her. Yeah. He already had the show and then hired her. And uh, It's funny to look back at those pictures of the old day because she, I mean, not that she's not pretty now, but you see, when she was younger, Dude, she was a knockout. I she saw was a amazing. picture of her yesterday. I was I must have been flipping through my phone and it was an early Dolly Parton and I was like she was fucking gorgeous. She was gorgeous. What's amazing too? Really thinking of your Porter face. Wagner and you're mm-hmm. like, hey, we're looking for new people on the show and you see this the hot, the prettiest blonde girl you've ever seen, right. young girl, and she's like, oh, I wrote this song you want to hear and she plays Jolene. Like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Like, pass? You know? Oh, you right. introduced me to Jolene. Great song, right? Yeah. What was the line you liked in Jolene? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. There was there was there was always some. Well, where uh, where I where I record my my buddy actually took over RCA Studio A in Nashville, so just, we record on the in, on the same floor in the studio where they recorded Jolene. It blow, blows my mind just thinking about that. That's you crazy. Know? Yeah. And you know, when she left Porter Wagner, she left empty-handed. You know, she gave him everything she wrote while she was. Yeah, with I mean, him. especially in those days. Crazy. Especially in those days, it was, um, you know. Women weren't supposed to be able to do that, and she right. was just like, you know, I want my freedom. Well, and then the, he's like, you know, I made you. I don't want to put word. I don't know the exact. No, story. that is kind of what happened. Yeah, it's just like, really? well, the, yeah. You know, it's like you know what? I'll start from scratch. I can, you know, I, I know you how know to write. Scary something. that feeling. And then be? she wrote, "I will always love you." After she left him, because yeah, that I mean, was for it him. Because I played a, a Loretta Lynn tribute show kind of recently. Really, and um, it was really fun because people. It's, they're waiting for me to, you know, curse, and I just, I was like, I'm not going to curse during a Loretta Lynn song. I played <laughs> totally um, a Fist City, you know that song? Oh yeah, I love Loretta it? Lynn. It's if called, you don't want to go to Fist City, it's yeah, basically about- it's like her wanting to beat up guys who, I mean, beat up girls who are messing with her guys. That's so I, right. My first, my first instinct, my first instinct was like that, that's that's badass shit. My first instinct was to change it to a male, you know, switch because I don't want to sing a female. I mean, I didn't mind. But then I realized I couldn't because. If you switch the gender in that, it's me beating up women. Right, right. So I couldn't do it. Yeah. It's like, I can't say if you mess with my girl, I'm 
you know. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did she write that song? Yeah. I'm not as familiar with what she wrote. I, I just don't know. know. She may have had co-writers, but she wrote a lot of songs. But she, what's all, what people don't know again, when you look about the badassness of country music, and I'm ta- and I always complain about how I'm banned from the radio and all that stuff. Loretta got banned from the radio for the pill. The pill. Yeah. Uh-huh. What was the what? Wait. Okay. She wrote a song about being on the pill. And they were well, like, "Wait, Bert, I'm talking to the. I'm being interviewed by the wrong person. She knows. <laughs> no <that>. shit. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're in here, music. Leanne. No, my favorite music is '70s country. Is my favorite music. That's what I listen to when I'm in the kitchen on Alexa. Is I just have her play, and I've read a lot about Loretta and Dolly. What's Alexa, by the way? It's Alexis. the Amazon thing. Yeah, do I need one of them? They're amazing. It's, if you want to feel like a a, a husband in 1950s. It's a real powerful. <laughs> you just, you just t- what's the what's the what's the thing about it? You just tell what to do. You go, Alexa, set a timer, and well, then all of a sudden then, it has to set a timer. And like you to, you, they do uh-huh. timers, it'll play music for you. You just say, Alexa, pay, play a classic country playlist, and she'll just shuffle classic country songs from that well, era. Except you, she's not really good if you're like Alexa, play some love making music. It's horrible. Uh, it horrible and like, yeah. oh, I guess we're Alexa, play Wheel Walker Jr. Yeah, she will play off. It. Yeah. She would play, play it. it. Yeah. yeah. Or you say, hey, make a list on my phone to do all this shit. And you hook it up to your phone. Yeah. So like when I go to the grocery store, my grocery list is on my phone because I told Alexa, hey, put milk on my shopping list. It's crazy. It's amazing. Maybe I'll look part. into it. Yeah, you should. So we were talking about Loretta. So, so yeah, what the was the pill? pill? Band. I think uh, you explain it. It's a song about being on the pill and how she's liberated. Now she can be just as liberated as a man because she got the pill. Oh, and oh. they Imagine shut being, her down. Ima- Ima- all I'm thinking is now guys can come in me. That's all I think when I hear that. I know, but imagine whatever it was. I want to say late 60s, probably early 70s. It was early. Singing about the it pill. It was 70s, yeah. In, That's crazy. in country music, no less. I can't I mean, imagine that anyone let not that Not just go. that. She'd had how many kids by that point? She'd had one set of twins, maybe two. And she had like six kids that she had with do. So finally she's like, I don't have any more kids. I got the pill, right? I'm oh, done. she's not even I'm talking about be, being on the pill. She's talking about being on the pill and she's being married. married. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's married, and oh, I'm sure she was. Crazy. I'm sure the implication was for all women, married oh. or no, you now have this freedom that in you the never Bible before. Belt. Nonetheless, in the '70s, yeah. but also, I mean, I always think I always think about it from like a like a like a songwriter's perspective. She writes a song, goes to the studio, has to convince the producer to play it has to convince the label to put on the album like there were so many steps where right. they were just like no 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 and that and then, is writing from the heart exactly and mm-hmm. then sending it to the record to the radio stations and they're just like what wait 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 and not only it's all what's also crazy too is it wasn't just we're not going to play it it's like we're not playing any loretta really you know it's you're banned from the radio and then did they what got her back on the radio just i don't know it was just i think it was just you know pure Time. it was just like you know we want Lorette. She was kept writing great songs, and they're just like you know. Eventually, I mean, like the Dixie Chicks, I think was an example of not to get too heady, but like to me, the Dixie Chicks got fucked over. We can talk about that's a whole. That's like a political thing, which I don't. Whatever it is, but you got to look at it too. Like, and I hate the radio stations. Don't get me wrong, but if you're a radio station, they all call in and say we're not listening to your station anymore. If you play the Dixie Chicks, it's not really their fault for not playing it. I don't think it's just yeah. like. That's you, your job as a radio station is not to bring new music to the people. I mean, I think it is, but actually, you're just a company and you're 
playing what people want to hear. If they don't want to hear it, they don't listen. They don't, yeah. They, and then you lose it. Yeah. Well, it used to be that way, though, that new yeah. artists were broken by DJs. You know, it used to be Long DJs could ago. pick what they mm-hmm. want. Now yeah. it's, it's coming from, a, you know, some company in New York. Uh-huh. But yeah, but it's like, the, I'm comparing that to Loretta, which is, you know, we can't play this song. And then people start calling up like, where'd Loretta go? We want to hear Loretta. You right. Know? Well, she, she sang the pill and they're just like, no, I don't give a shit. Play, you know. Play your new songs, you know? Right. So there was no... It, the band was not really an official band. It was just like... Almost almost like we're putting you on probation, I feel like. But it was, she was banned, you know? Wow. I remember seeing Coal Miner's Daughter uh, in, a, in a drive-in movie theater. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I was like... And I was... I'm, when that came out, I must have been... Really young. Seven? Yeah. It was a little heavy of a movie for me to watch. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, just to think how she grew up and how, you know, totally. where she came... I mean, those places, I mean, now are ravaged by a Drugs. different kind of pill, you know. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, you know, because I knew um, my aunt in Nashville was kind of friendly with Crystal Gale, her sister. Mm-hmm. Crystal Gale's Loretta's sister. People don't know that. Crystal I Gale's did, Loretta yeah. Lynn's sister? Yeah. yeah. It's her younger sister. Yeah, they're, for, they're a Kentucky family come from like a holler, which is what they call, you mm-hmm. know, just basically like a a little, you know, commu- community of, you know, 70 people. So wait, a holler's not, I always thought a holler was like a place in the woods. Well, it sort of is. It's kind of a like a low place tucked in somewhere. It's very echoey. Very like really? like Appalachia, you know, kind of yeah. like a little. That's where she grew up in the foothills of Appalachia. I did. That's where? Where? Exa- where R- the- really rural Georgia. It's called Bowden. It's yeah. about sixty miles west of Atlanta. Just a little bit of Appalachia, little mountain here, Blackjack Mountain, and a couple yeah. I mean, of that's that's but the real, mentality. I mean, the people were very Appalachia. Yeah, I mean, did, I mean, did you really have any access to like? TV kind of te- do people bring that stuff in because all those hollers are still nowadays are kind of you know shut off from shut the off world. from the world. Mm-hmm. I did. I mean, we had we had TV, but we were an hour and fifteen minute drive from Atlanta. We had to put coolers in the truck to drive to the grocery store because it took thirty minutes each way to go to the grocery store. So, so yeah, it's great. By yeah. the time you get home, everything's ruined. So yeah, that's why I love these people nowadays. You know, I'm real country. I'm from Atlanta. You know, yeah, no, I'm like no, no, no. You can, no. you can, you can. You can order fucking groceries off Amazon. Totally. You know. yeah. In high school, we got a Piggly Wiggly, like my senior year in high school. And that was such a big deal because it was a little local Red Devil grocery store because the local high school teams are Red Devils. There was a little bitty, and he ha- there was a butcher there. But, like, if you wanted Kraft Mac and Cheese, you're out of luck. If you wanted Oreos, you had to drive 30 minutes to get who doesn't want Oreo or everybody <laughs> we used to get Doritos and eat the whole bag in the back of the truck on the way home because we were like oh my god we got some Doritos but you know it's another reason some of our friends here make fun of me because I go to the grocery store one day a week and I buy everything because you went to the grocery store once and if you didn't get it you didn't have it That's oh yeah it. I mean groceries are a big deal in the south I was a bag they boy are. I was a bag boy for, for years and I, I remember it made me laugh looking back on it that I was um I was I worked at it was a grocery it was called Randall's. Mm-hmm. It was like a it was a local grocery and they they decided to sell sell the Randall's and turn it into a Kroger's. Uh huh. And they it was right during the, the first Iraq War and the whole city like took to the streets and had a, like a protest. And I'm reading the papers like you know Iraq War protests across the country and they're in my town they're protesting the grocery because <laughs> it's corporate <laughs> yeah because no, they're saying that there's like you know we're not going to get fresh produce you know the produce isn't going to be as good we're not going to get you know what such and such you know Randall the manager ain't going to be around no more 
Oh, Randall's yeah. like, I'll stick around for the new Kroger's for a while. <laughs> Randall was the guy? Yeah. <laughs> they loved to, they would just say, you know, these, I don't like these red apples so much. He's like, oh, I'll get the green ones for you. You know, it's like, that was like a, it was almost like a farmer's market. Well, it was like a know? pride of ownership, right? And that doesn't happen when a corporate company moves in. There's no ownership. I mean, I'd never seen, it was the first protest I'd ever seen. People, it was like Funny. the, it was like the women's march, but it was for, for apples, you know. <laughs> That's for so, Randall. That's so yeah. funny. What, Save Randall. What's been, what's like your, what's the song, not to, not to go, like I, I feel bad even talking in this interview, but uh, what's like the. You're kind of, you're just kind of getting in the way. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Leanne, do you have any more questions? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Actually, I want her to, I got some big dates coming up. I want you to say them in, in a real, I want a real. Your dates? Your dates? No. Your dates? My my show. I got shows oh, okay. coming up. I wrote them. Oh down. yeah, that's right. Awesome. What are they? They're, they're my four. And I probably I probably forgot the thing. But um. Well, my accent. This is not the accent I grew up with. You know, my yeah, that, that, my dad comes people, here and yeah, he people can't. think you're probably you're, you're um city folk. City folk. Now, yeah, but no, we're doing the four my four biggest shows ever. West. I don't know why for some reason it's much bigger on the West Coast. I guess I I think it, what it is 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 there's like. They they ain't see anything like this. Like they get to see a real live redneck behind a you know in a cage or something you know. Because I play the South, I do well, but West Coast has been crazy. And really, a, and a big promoter came out here. You know, it's like we want to get in the wheeler business. Let's do December third through sixth West Coast dates. And um, yeah, well, you're December third. You're in in uh, Novo Downtown in L.A. Yeah, which is my. I mean, that's headlining a two thousand seat place. That's big for me. That's great. That's going to be fantastic. Well, um, you guys, I, I'll get you guys tickets. You can come down. I'd I would love, love that. that. I would love that. That'd be awesome. Um, I had a question. No, I forgot it. Um, I think I'm here. Is that a Sunday? Yeah. But we're also playing Monday, I think, is yeah, right, San here. Diego. But su- Tuesday is Santa Ana, which is not far, right? No, Santa Ana is just that way. A yeah, little Tuesday. Bit. If you can't make the Sunday show, come to Tuesday, right. Santa Ana. And then I think the last, it's only four dates, and the last one will be Phoenix. And they're selling really well, I hear. They're selling good, yeah. Um, it's fun. That's, I mean, I don't, I don't like, I love doing the podcast to hang out, but it's what I love is, you know, promoters, managers call up, like, you know, you got these dates, you got to do promo. And I'm like, I'll do Joey Diaz and Bert. Yeah. And they, to me, to them, that's big promo. But for me, it's just hanging out and having fun as opposed to getting up at four in the morning and do some shitty radio, you know? That's nice. Well, I had that conversation with someone today. Yeah. Oh. Oh, should I say them? Yeah. Yeah. Here are the dates for the Wheeler Walker Jr. West Coast final shows of the year. Okay. Sunday, December 3rd, the Novo by Microsoft in L.A. Monday, December 4th, the Observatory North Park, San Diego. Tuesday, December 5th, the Observatory in Santa Ana. And what's wrong? (laughs) I love it. And Wednesday, December 6th, the Van Buren in Phoenix, Arizona. But that wasn't even my real accent. You want me to say it like I wanted to? Okay, this is yeah, how I grew up talking. Say it like we're I got my ass whooped. My parents divorced. My mom moved me to Atlanta. My ass got whooped. Say it like your ass about Every to get day. Yeah. And they would call me Hillbilly. All right, you ready? Yeah. All right. Sunday. Sunday. December 3rd. The Novo by Microsoft. Los Angeles. Does that sound different than before? That's, that's a country show. <laughs> All right. Ready? Yeah. Monday, December 4th, the Observatory. Observatory. <laughs> North Park, San Diego, California. Tuesday, December 5th, the Observatory, Santa Ana, California. And Wednesday, December 6th, the Van Buren, Phoenix, Arizona. 
Now that's what I've been waiting for. Yeah, that's, that's how you promote dates. Yeah, fuck yeah. That there's how you do it, right there. She when she when her family comes out, her accent gets so thick. It's so bad. I mean, yeah, my I daddy can't order in a restaurant out here. They don't know what he's saying. What's weird is that now I don't know if you. When was the last time you've been to Nashville? You've been there. I have time? never been to Nashville. Never been there. No. It's crazy because you know I grew up in Lexington, and then my mom's from that. My great grandma parents are from Nashville, so we go back to you know four generations when i was a kid nashville was just a small town where you would maybe run into fucking tanya tucker or something mm-hmm. and it's vegas now i mean it's crazy they got these things these pedal taverns have you seen those things where the girls drink beer and they they kind of pedal oh yeah yeah, 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 the yeah. Town. it's 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 where every bachelorette party in the south is now no way. nashville Never it's now hips it's, it's hipsterville it's like jack white moved there the black keys moved there kings of leon like it's it's the place to move now People I went who, to Jack White's studio to record an album, and they can record it to third, vinyl. Third Man? Third Man, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was with Ari, and we just told some stories, and they d- I don't even know if it came out ever. But uh, he's that doing, was a- Yeah, people, he gets a little bit of uh, a gruff, maybe is the word, just because he's a Detroit guy moved in, but I think he's doing good shit for, that, for, for Nashville. Yeah, he seems to be super passionate. Well, his album with Loretta Lynn was fabulous. Yeah. It, it was I, great. Agreed, agreed on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean... It, that's my thing too. Is if I mean I get pissed too that people are moving into Nashville and fucking rents and price are going up. But if you're passionate about it and I, you know, for for a guy like me trying to find a backup band and there's fucking twenty awesome drummers who can all fucking play, that's good. For, that's good for business for me because yeah. if a guy bails, you know, there's a guy just as or if he wants too much money, and I'm not trying to be a dick about it, but like. There's 19 guys just as good. So are you doing all your albums out of Nashville? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Um, I do them all with Dave, with Dave who does... Uh, I mean, he was another... I mean, just like he's a guy from Georgia, just like, you know, was kind of messing around with the studio. I think he actually even lived in L.A. for a while. And then uh, Shooter Jennings was like, hey, you got to hear this guy, Sturgill Simpson. And he goes, okay, you know what? Come over to my place. I got a couple grand. We could put out a record. By the second one, you know, they'd sold a few hundred thousand. That's awesome. Wow, yeah, I mean, great. and then he was like, and then Chris Stapleton heard that and goes, "Can you make my record?" And that one's at you know probably five million right now or whatever it really? is, you know. That's great. Now, how does the breakdown go for money when it goes like like we were talking today about Blink One Eighty Two and they sold two 20- isn't. <laughs> Did you hear his interview with Rogan? No, no. <laughs> I heard, you know I saw somebody commenting. Someone someone tweeted me like, "How bad was that interview?" It wasn't bad. It was a great fucking interview. It was just bizarre as shit. Why? Uh, the ex guitarist or one of the leads of Blink One Eighty Two. They've but they've been broken up for a while. Uh, Tom uh, Tom DeLong uh, is starting a foundation for space time travel and uh, space aliens. Uh, I'm not doing a good job. Once again, it's like, listen to the podcast. It sounds like a guy who just has too much money. To he has too much money, and he's got a lot of big thoughts. But uh, I'm all for sending Blink-182 to space. But, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I can't tell you one song they sang. Uh, yeah, you could. Um, could. Well, if you told me it, I would recognize the song, but I can't tell you. So, and anyway, my point is, I Googled how much he was worth. He's worth $80 million. And then I said to someone, we were talking, I was with, uh, I was with um, Kevin and Bean, and I said, he sold 25 million albums in the 90s. And that's when, when you sold albums in the 90s, that's when you made the most fucking money. They sold like 99. 
And then when yeah, that's when people were still sell- selling records. I mean, the, they're on a big label, though. I mean, the difference I, that's been cool for me is I put my albums out myself, so I have to sell. I mean, I make I'm the record label, so yeah. I get the, I get everything. I get I actually don't get everything. I have to give a little bit to a distributor. I get you know iTunes takes a piece, Amazon takes a piece. They're not just doing it for fun, but right. you know. Like Blink-182, they give the piece to iTunes, they give the piece to Amazon, and they give a giant chunk to Sony, a big chunk to the, you know, yeah. the, you know, the shareholders, whatever it is, you know. But it's still, the if you're, even if you're making pennies, 80, 25 million records, doesn't, you know, it's going to add up. I was wondering, I was wondering what it's like now, because I know that, I wonder if it's more advantageous for me to release a comedy album, or... Like a comedy album, or put out an hour on my podcast, or do an hour special. Where is the most money to land? Well, I mean, nowadays, I mean, for everyone, it's pretty much it's all ways to make your you know for the live business. Yeah, so that's touring. I assume is, that's for yeah. you. For yeah. me, my touring is where I make all my money. But I, you, I take that back. I make money on the podcast. Thank you for listening to the ads, everybody. But I make money on the podcast. But the but majority. For the, but for the most part, the podcast for me is a passion play like it's, i love doing it yeah i mean I, w- I was thinking if you i mean here's what the, what i've learned if you want to tr- it's worth a shot if you want to try to make money from albums make an album don't you don't i'm telling you this because i know you don't need anybody to fucking do anything especially comedy it's just a microphone and yeah. a, maybe a mic on the audience or something i don't know yeah but i could mix it myself i can make it sound great i put, mean put it up know. on get it get a good guy to photoshop a cover especially itunes all you need is the cover you don't need all the inside work and all yeah. that shit but and then you sell it for 9.99 you'll get if you sell it for 9.99 on um on itunes i think you you'll get 6.99 of it in your pocket so i figure so that's if, amazing yeah i mean think about too like if you do you think you can sell 10,000 oh i don't know if i could it's, I, it's, I, it's, I, it's, it's hard to say because a lot, most of your fans would probably stream it and, you know, whatever. If- They'll probably get ripped and put online quickly because I think, I think my fans would, I think I'd pro- I probably, I don't know if I, I couldn't. I think music, for some so, reason, people who still buy albums, I think they, I feel like, because um, I've seen the comedy charts, like, feel like, you know, people still like to buy music albums, but co- the comedy charts, it was crazy, you know, like, that week my album came out, I think I sold like 10,000 albums that first week. And that was on the comedy charts. And number two on the comedy charts, it sold like 80 records. You know, it's just like people just don't. I think they they look at, again, I'm just looking at it from the outside. I think they look at comedy albums as something, especially with Netflix and everything, something that they just are owed. But I also but I also think it's it's worth a shot. Like, why not? Music's a little different in that when you release music, there is so much. It's, well, it's, it's the only way to take it in almost is that it's a private experience. Yeah, well, I see a lot of people at shows, you know. They'll buy my album. They'll buy the vinyl and the CD just because they want me. They want their a personal copy, even though they've already got it on all their streaming the, devices. Their devices. Well, what's interesting to me is I think that our world is shifting back to audio based because I'm listening to books, uh, you know, on Audible. Um, people listen to podcasts while they're working. People listen to comedy albums or music, and I wonder if the shift is if there's a shift happening that hasn't completely happened yet, where people want comedy albums because they also listen to podcasts yeah and because listen to just books on, on the plane put in your headphones and listen to it i mean i love right. comedy albums and i mean or commuting my my recommendation would be just i would put it out 999 whatever on itunes see what it's it's, it's such a low risk thing yeah right. it's low risk and the um the uh upside is so big because you never know 
I mean, you could sell a, a low amount and make a ton of money, you know. Yeah. So if you sold ten thousand albums at six ninety nine, you're walking away with sixty thousand dollars. Seventy thousand. Seventy thousand. Yeah. Seventy thousand. But it matters. I mean, it sounds to me like you put you could literally put a few hundred bucks into it to make it. Yeah. I mean, my so thing, your return yeah, yeah, yeah. on investment is really big. My thing is just to make sure you watch out for you know, so Comedy Central Records, whoever it is, just don't do anything with those because. All they're going to, you're going to pay them half, the, they're going to take half the money for just sending it to iTunes. Yeah. You can do that yourself. I mean, yeah, no. I was kid, thinking, your so, fucking kids could do it. I was thinking about re recording all my stories, like all my stories, and re recording them and releasing them on an album and just. Yeah, I mean, that's what I would do too. I mean, kind of an experimental kind of co- comedy album is something I think is interesting. I feel like um, I've seen a couple of those recently where they're just not stand up, but just kind of people. You know, more like dicking around or, you know, I feel like there's still a market for that. You know, like when I was a kid in the South, there'd be like these like prank call tapes that would be like uh-huh. passed yeah. around, you know, like jerky boys and that kind of shit. But there's there was shit before that, too. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, I was like, um, I still have two comedy albums from my childhood. One's called Goofy Gold and the other one's called Funny Bound. And they were just comedy music and a few jokes I kept them my whole life because I listened to them like on a loop. Constantly yeah, it's, it's as funny. A kid. Yeah, in the South, I mean, I I definitely saw stand up growing up. Mm-hmm. But, I did too. But just here and there, and I for the life of me, I could not tell you who I saw. It was just like these guys in cowboy hats and overalls who would just come to town and just like tell a bunch of like kind of rednecky jokes. Well, I think the South has a very specific sense of humor, and all the guys, like all my dad's friends, all had a good sense of humor and all told jokes. I don't think that happens outside the South. I think we maybe, or I at least, thought everybody had a great and well-developed sense of humor. And then you go to New York City and there's no sense of humor. Well, I'm talking about Nashville becoming, you know, turning into corporate. It's like one of the things you see when when a city kind of gets bigger, I've found, is the sense of humor kind of leaves like the shit I'm doing, which is fucking with Nashville. It's like, I see the good old boys who are laughing at it, but the, the new guys like this shit ain't funny. You know, you're, you're fucking with, you know, this is our bread and butter and you're right. kind of, they don't bit. get the joke. Right. I think. Yeah. I'm, 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 no, 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 I'm, no, I'm no, really, no. I'm really, you know, f- you know, fucking, it's not a prank, you know, but I'm just, I'm so sick of what's happening in country music right now that I want to, Hey, you know what? I can fucking sing. Filthy shit, and not sell you fuckers, and play bigger places, and fuck you. And they're like, I think they're get they're taking it really seriously. I mean, I've gotten so many fucking calls from managers, agents, record labels. You know, hey man, back off. Really? Yeah, I'm like, back off of what? Why is that any of their business? Uh, because if how are you it, affecting their business? I mean, my opinion is all I'm doing is helping. I mean, if there's some shitty song, like, um, you know, like. Uh, I saw this new this new guy put out some guy country guy. And I, I just always check out the new country releases just to look what my new material. Is. Some guy has a song called, you know, like I guess it's like a play off of like Pink Floyd's you know, "Wish You Were Here." He has a song called "Wish You Were Beer." <laughs> I, I didn't even I didn't even fucking listen to it, but I, I but I went on you know went on Twitter just like seriously, has it come to this? "Wish You Were Beer." I haven't heard it, but I, I can tell you. I mean, there's no way it's a good song. I don't even need to listen to it. You know? Yeah. Like and there's there's another one called beer in the headlights and there's like um they just put oh, beer they they're up. just using like fucking like it's like I got, that's why I always say I go why my why am I on the comedy charts fucking I wish you were beer should be on the fucking comedy charts I wish you were beer 
That makes me want. I used to want to always write a song about because uh, then I was I decided I was like I should write a song called "Wish You Were Food." <laughs> yeah, this a really dramatic like love song about how like you'd be much cooler if you were a pizza, you know. <laughs> but those the songs have gotten that bad, right? And they're just and like me pointing out how bad they've gotten, you know. And like like I said, this filth outselling them is just like wait a second. And then they go, well, his songs are actually better. So what does, it, what does it say for us who we've built up this whole system where we go to fucking – we tour radio for a year and we build up these people for – put millions of dollars into them. And how's this fucking dipshit with a, a record that costs 20 grand? They've got to see that. They've got to see that uh, dripping – like uh, dripping through their fingers because the the, I mean the, the biggest selling – well, I mean radio is changing in general and and whereas – you know what's big in radio is country and Mexican are the two biggest genres. Latino music. Latino, uh, yeah, not Mexican. Sorry, <laughs> Mexican uh, like Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, but they they're going they're going to go away too. And they oh, have, they, they know it. Yeah, but it's just like know. the guys who are there right now. Just like let's grasp these last few mil. Right, right. You know? Oh yeah. And the model that you're representing makes them totally obsolete. That's what I. It's, it's, yeah. That's what. That's a good point you make. Which I think at the end of the day. The language doesn't piss them off as much as that I'm doing it without them. Correct. Because I'm doing it without the system. You You're know. a threat to their I'm system. I'm a threat because I'm showing people, I just made an album, put it on myself. And, right. And I, I go on Burt's podcast, I go on Rogan, I go on Joey Diaz, I skip the radio. It's like, you know, you can just go on all these podcasts. There's It's 2017, I can go on, you, you, I've, been, I've done a million of these fucking, because you always just throw shit out there, see what sticks. People call me up all the time, you want to do this YouTube interview, and I... You know, part of me is just like, who the fuck, you know, fuck that. And then I'll just, I'll just start, start doing them. Because you never know, I don't know which one's going to fucking take off. I don't even know what Reddit is, but I know I've, I've gotten a lot of sales from Reddit. I still don't know my way. I looked at the site, doesn't even make any sense. But I don't understand Reddit either. Everyone's always like, dude, you're trending on Reddit. And I'm like, yeah, I wish I could find that. I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means either, but, you know, God bless them. It's helped me a ton, you know. And then I, the song for my first record called Fuck You Bitch uh, blew up. <laughs> Blew up on something called Black Twitter, which we've talked about. I oh, think. for real? Yeah. No, I didn't know that we talked about that. Wait, what happened? Um, I just got a call like uh, Erica Badu has posted your song and some guy, Daquan, do you know him? Uh-uh. He's like, basically, I guess social media. I know Black Twitter. I know Black Twitter very yeah, well. Yeah, basically, I'm explaining to your wife, I think it's basically like how all, like, all cool culture comes from the black community, you know? Hip-hop yeah. started there, obviously, rock and roll, blues, whatever. Blues, yeah. Now, like, all the all the memes that, like, your kids are passing around, they all started in, like, also on, like, what they call black Twitter. And um, somebody made a meme of a, of a, the chorus of Fuck You Bitch, my song from the video, and they just put, I guess some rapper put on top, just in text, wrote, didn't know country went this hard. Yeah. And it just, like, just that meme went fucking viral. And then like who people were like who is this? And it was right when my new album came out. When my new album came out, it just the first album took off from this, you know, this weird section of social media that I didn't know shit about. So we probably sold more of the first, as many of copies of the first record on the release week of the new one, just because of the. I mean, that's complete coincidence. It could have happened any 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 week. Right. I wish Jesus and Mira would hear this because Jesus and Mira were huge on Black Twitter. 
And by, by the way, Black Twitter is Twitter, Leanne. It's mm-hmm. just the section. Yeah, it's, it's, not, just, it's not like black.twitter.com. Yeah, it's yeah. not like Asian Facebook where everyone has a hard time tagging themselves in photos. Uh, it's a good joke. It's uh, <laughs> Is that me? No, that's not me. <laughs> and so that's all. It's a very racist joke. But uh, it's a joke I wrote a long time ago. Anyway, Black Twitter, would uh, they'd follow a trend. And so like one of the trends would be, or if someone posted something, they'd all go in on that. Uh, one of the big ones was uh, LeBron's Kermit sipping tea hat. You don't even know what that is, but like he wore a Kermit sipping tea hat during the the during like getting getting the trophy, I think. And everyone knew what that meant on Black Twitter because Kermit sipping tea is a meme of like of like oh well, just you can do whatever you're doing. I'll just sit here and sip tea. One of the big ones is like V day gifts in the hood. Is that where the, the crying Jordan started? Crying Jordan, I think started on black Twitter, which is fucking insane that now I just still don't understand, but yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Black Twitter's and very interesting. Who's Jesus and Mayor? I've heard of them before. They're really great. They're, they do a, a podcast called the bodega boys and they do a show on vice, Viceland called, uh, Jesus and Miro. And I went on, and what you're saying is I agree wholeheartedly. I I started seeking out stuff this year that I found interesting. And Jesus and Miro were one of them. Um, uh, Hot Ones with Sean Evans was one of them. So I went on Hot Ones. I've had more people hit me up from Hot Ones. I mean, I, I've had downloads on Hot Ones right now. is probably up into what, 3 what's, million. What, what's, what's Hot Ones? Um it's uh, let's see if I can find you. It's a show where you eat different hot sauces and you try to have a regular conversation, like the host of the show. Oh, asks sh- you where do they shoot it? I'll go do it. Uh, they do it. Sean, hey, someone hit up Sean. Tell him Wheel Walker's ready. Uh, they do it out of New York mostly, but he comes to LA and does a run. Um, Never go to Nashville. It's yeah. super they don't simple. Go to show. Nashville. It's I, really I fucking simple. I fucking hate New York. I don't I hate do. it. It's just I just. 2.3 million views of That's my crazy. hot ones. Have you tried just eating the hot Just shit. eating hot ones and, and telling stories. because it's too hot and you can't deal with it. And you have to tell a story while eating hot things and it's or talk to the host while but, eating But it's things. the same thing you say is that I, you can kind of circumnavigate, especially if you start creating your own content, you can circum, which you did. But he released one of his... By the way, I was actually thinking of doing this, following your tracks. He released, I can hook you up with people. He, was, he released one of his videos on Pornhub. You don't know what Pornhub is. Clearly, if I don't know that people put their pussies on Snapchat, I don't know what Pornhub is. Uh, Pornhub por- is, is just is, is the world's greatest. A hub greatest. for porn? It's, uh. a, it's, 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 the, it's the hub, yeah. yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It's, it's, it's the best website ever made. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You've got some videos up there, Leanne, that I've posted. Oh, shut up. Um, but uh, he, put his, he put a video up there, and I was like, I was saying to someone, because we were looking at alternatives to releasing this next hour, like we're looking at all options, like across the board. And part of me was like, Fuck it. Why why not put it up on Pornhub? Then like it's dirty and people find it and be like, "Ah, fuck. It's it's well, and well, why not put it on Netflix but also for, for the first week put it on Pornhub or something." Yeah. You know? Cuz that was my thing is what happened Leanne was uh um the thing now is, you know, with digital they'll like who's like who's a mainstream artist like Jason Isbell or someone will his album comes out whatever date the week before NPR will have it streaming for free so to, as a preview. So they came really? to me like, you know, we need, let's stream this album for free a week before it comes out. And they're like, give me all these places. You know, NPR, they're like, NPR obviously won't do it because it's dirty. Like, what about Rolling Stone? Blah, blah, blah. I go, motherfucker. I mean, it just hit me like a ton of breaks. I'm just like, I, can't, I guarantee you every one of these websites you named all put together gets what por- a porn site gets in like an hour. So yeah. I, go, I go, just, I go, 
Pornhub, I go, I guarantee you they get billions of views a month. Hey, that's your job. Call someone at Pornhub. Tell them I want to premiere my new record on Pornhub. Right. That was before the video. I, pre- I We streamed the whole first album on Pornhub. A week you before. streamed the whole video on Pornhub? No, the whole album. album. The first really? album. The first album came out on Pornhub a week before it was released. And that, do you find that that helped? I think, I think it did. It certainly didn't hurt. I mean, I mean, if you get every masturbator in the world to listen to your record, (laughs) I mean, only half of them have to buy it to make a profit. Right. By the way, when you Google your name on Pornhub, um, uh, almost a million views on Puss in Boots, but, uh, the next thing that comes up is wheelchair porn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and some tells me that the wheelchair porn gives way higher views. By the way, yeah, immediately when I saw wheelchair porn, I went, fuck, hold on. Let me take a – let's just see wheelchair porn for – oh, shut up. No, you have much – it is not pleasant. You have much more views than this. Oh, this is not. You know what's great? So I've got a a million views on Pornhub. That's probably the lowest viewed video in the history of Pornhub, but that's great for me. Right. For me, it's awesome. big for you. Right. But yeah, I mean like that's – that's the that's the low end, right? Um, yeah, that wheelchair porn is not what I'm into. <laughs> well, Another thing too is to I, know. I've noticed that people who discover me on Pornhub they just don't they don't they don't want to mention you know they they pretend like they they just found me organically because they're right. not going to say that they. Well, I was know. on Pornhub and yeah, just... I was I was jerking off and then um, I was sitting down thinking about shit and then this. Music. For my recovery, yeah. I thought I'd just listen. Because that's my thing is after you're done <laughs> jerking off, let's play some good country. Yeah, right, totally. I've done that. <laughs> Pornhub's my go-to spot when I Google porn. I'm a big fan. Yeah, a lot of porn companies have like been psyched that I did that. They thought it was like good for the industry, and then all these people like send me free passwords for these other sites. I'll tell you what, Leanne, watch the kids. I mean, the, the shit they go on. Like, they gave me p- passwords for these like the ones that are like pay sites. Some of these, I almost fucking threw up. It was just like really. I don't even want to explain it. It was just it's a crazy what people are doing now on the fucking internet. No secrets. There's no secrets and nothing. No, but there was like shit I had to, I literally had to ask like friends of mine who are like in the medical profession, like what's going on? Like, is this healthy? Yeah, but I no, s- but I was asking about like, I'll just say this, these two words, prolapsed anus. Oh, dude. Have you seen the guy with two dicks? No, but he's probably on this site. He's got a prolapsed anus. I showed you that prolapsed anus. I almost vomited. Yeah, I almost threw up. because I, I almost vomited. It was like, this is not... Sex is not like sexy to me. This is just fucking gross. It's sick. But, Anybody yeah. who but thinks people it are is getting sexy. Off, people are getting I know, off but they're sick. I think that is, that is again, the same thing that you should not take a picture of your pussy and send it to somebody. There's just stuff that... Well, I'll tell you what. This we picture, don't need to know about. A picture about. of your pussy looks pretty nice compared to, a, you know, you know like anus. using a prolapsed anus as a lollipop. Yeah, and by the way, you, you don't just take a picture of your pussy. You just, you fluff it up a little bit. You like make sure it's got it a shine It doesn't matter. To it. I'll you should you not do it. it at all. I think you're a little um, prude. I think you're no, not prude. I think you're, you're just a little bit. You don't understand. And I'm with you. I, it shocked me. Yeah. Like if I was 14 and I saw an, you know, back in the day, I was, you know, I'm older. So before porn, like if you so, showed me one picture of a naked girl, that could keep me going for a year. Yeah, but usually, uh, that, that, that but, did. By the way, that, usually, that is what worked for me. But those but, pictures were of anonymous girls. They were of Playboy or whatever. I know. Not someone but, that but I'm you saying know. If, so, if you show me a picture of an, I never saw a naked girl my age till I was probably you know late teens, earliest. But like nowadays, these kids just fucking take pictures. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah they're objectifying themselves really in a certain way because you go, you, you know. 
looking at a woman in a Playboy magazine. She's an adult and she's saying, hey, I'm going to be naked and I'm cool with that. So then she's agreeing to allow whomever to look at her naked. Yeah. Well, as, as a young girl, I would assume what they're saying is, you know, I'm open for business. Exactly. But they're not old enough or mature enough to really even completely understand what that means. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem is that if a 14 year old boy in theory got this pussy picture, it would probably be from a 14 year old or somewhere thereabouts aged girl. And they're doing it because they see Kim Kardashian or whoever. From yeah. That or they, they don't know how to communicate with a boy in any other way than to send them a fucking picture of pussy. Well, and I'm trying go, to think well, too. If I, was a kid, if I was a kid and I, because obviously I didn't have a cell phone as a kid, but if I did, I probably would have taken, I wouldn't have sent them to people. Oh, but I probably would have taken a lot of pictures of my when dick. When I first got the camera on my phone, all I did was take pictures of my dick. <laughs> yeah. I but, never thought about my, my vagina ever. Yeah, that's oh, just, I had never thought about men. it. We're men. I took a really tasteful one. I sent this to a girl one time and it was the, it was the shadow my dick cast. It wasn't a picture of my dick. It was a dick, a picture of my dick shadow. And it was, I was like, that's fucking smart. <laughs> and by the way, that was like seven months ago. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's worrisome because you think no wonder there's this whole big section of the country where they've gotten so conservative that, you know, they've have those like those rings now they give oh, each the other purity ring, yeah, yeah those things where you go well that's the other end of like i'm not doing anything what's that's crazy pretty yeah, natural as you, as you get older i'm like i'm like in part of me is like more on that end you know that's, that's what i mean it pushes it you over because exactly. i'm just like i don't want to see because now that i'm fucking 40 it's like i don't need to whatever this girl you know the girls who come up to me at, after shows is more before uh, you know like 23 that's a kid to me you know well yeah i, I don't need to see you know and they send it. What they do is they send it to me on like they used to, not as much anymore. Send it to me on like Instagram, mm-hmm. private on message. Instagram. Oh, That's, okay. Private yeah, message. I was gonna say, wow. Well. But there's a section they can't send you a private message, but they can send it to you. And how does it work? It look. I guess it's um. There's a section of my Instagram direct messages that are people I, I'm not friends with that I could go look at. Yeah. And I, I'll check them out sometimes. It's, just, it's a bunch of. And I think some about my kind of music. People send me fucking dicks all the time. <laughs> and it's not like just it's not gay it's just like your album fucking rocks here's my dick I got, it's like a I've high got, five but I got not. dick pics for a while yeah that's bizarre and the problem is you can't say st- enough with the dick pics because then it makes them and then they all start f- then you get flooded yeah. with dicks that's then just bizarre it's, I think it, that's bizarre there's no doubt that it's bizarre but it's just kind of this new world we're living in where it's just like like you said there's no secrets there's no nothing yeah there's a there's totally a possible way that guys could send you dick pics on your instagram yeah i'm not opening those Wait, i'm not way, looking way, at those on. i just gave out leanne's email address on accident will you pull that out <laughs> well i got it i the- just gave leanne's email address out on accident please remember to bleep that out <laughs> he's i see him writing it down he's got it <laughs> but yeah uh he just checked the time too we're all good nice thanks babe. yeah i uh I'm really glad this interview worked out this way because yeah, because I was uh, I just want to stop for one second. So whoever's president 20 years from now, yeah, there's going to be pictures of his dick. Oh, around. oh, I guarantee you, there's around? pictures oh, for of, sure. of Trump's dick. Of yeah, I guarantee you, probably. But I'm saying, but he didn't grow up in that culture. I'm yeah, saying. he didn't grow up in it. But 40, 30 years from now, the, the president, someone, some girl's gonna, some woman at the time will be like, if you want to see what his dick looked like when he was 18, here, here you go. Or they will have grown up in the purity ring people. No. No? No one's going to be the purity ring people. Georgia, maybe. Georgia is too much of a prude. Like, she's a goody two-shoes. 
She's a, she's definitely a goody two shoes. Isla will not. Isla Isla's a loose cannon. Yeah, but those are our daughters, Georgia okay, and Isla. Well, yeah. But Isla is really modest, so we got that going. Yeah, I wonder because I'm curious now that I'm seeing you guys together. Is having a, a dad who's like because um, I don't have kids, but having a dad who's like a little you know the machine does that make them? And your first instinct is they must be crazy, but but then my real instinct is they probably pull back and are probably a little more conservative. Well, Georgia is for sure. Georgia is really. I don't know that it, if it is necessarily in reaction to her dad. She's always been like rule follower, people pleaser, straight A student, like that kind of kid. I do everything right, follow the rules. That's always been who she was from when she was born. Isla's always been very um, loose. You know, yeah. she's she's hard to keep alive. It's just weird. For the first, like, ten months of her life. Because she was climbing on shit. She won't listen to you. She's got her own agenda. She's very stubborn. She's still kind of the same. Now, sometimes I think she gets amped up because her daddy is amped up in that way. But I, I don't know if Georgia is in reaction to Bert. Because the cool thing about Bert is when he gets home, he's just dad. There are times from, you know, if we go out in public and someone goes, the machine, and they know what the story is. But he's just kind of dad. He yells at them like I do. Yeah, I've seen that a lot, you know, you know in Nashville. You know, these kind of outlaw guys and their uh-huh. kids are, are, you know, prim and proper. You know, it's just like, you know, that's their only way to rebel is to just, you know. Go the opposite. A, get an accounting job, you know. Dude, I saw, right. when I was a kid, I saw Hank Williams Jr. come up to and accept an award. And Hank Williams 3, Hank 3 came up with him. And he was dressed in like hardcore punk rock. And I just, oh, yeah, I right. remember seeing that going like, oh man. And then when I heard that he was singing country, I was like, no way. Leanne was the first one that turned me on to it. And oh, I was like. I saw him. He opened for Dwight Yoakam at the Greek. And I was like. Well, that's cool. Dwight, Dwight Yoakam is one of my favorites. Oh my yeah. God. I have every album he's okay, ever made. Okay, let's let's take a second he and is, talk about Dwight Yoakam right now. He is because this I is like, he's. If I cheated on Bert ever, it would be with Dwight Yoakam. I all right. love him. By the way, so Dwight, that's much. not a pass. But we should we should we should try and make that happen. I love him. <laughs> By the way, okay, you can fuck Dwight Yoakam. No, my, you know my, I'm never my, on you, my example of that would be the waitress at the Dayton Funny Bone. <laughs> How about, ah, shut up. How about Lindsay Pilas for Dwight Yoakam? Oh, uh, I think I think I might creep the fuck out of Lindsay. You met uh, Lindsay. I did. I said, to, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll save that conversation. <laughs> Liam was like, oh, you really think she's beautiful? Oh, uh, She was like so humbled. And I was like, oh, Leanne, you're pretty too. Oh, so we talk about Dwight Yoakam for a second. What was it that you found and fell in love with Dwight Yoakam about? Dwight? Yeah. It was I thought he had a pretty unique voice for the time that I discovered him. I wasn't listening to country music and I heard him. I don't know if you remember this. Whoopi Goldberg had a really late night show in the early 90s. She had like a late night talk show. Was it called Whoopi? I don't know. But he was on it. And I listened to him, their conversation. And he talked about kind of how he grew up. And he was really well read and really smart. He came out to Hollywood to be an actor. And then... Fell in love with the the Bakersfield sound. He yeah, he's did. a lot of Buck Owens in him. Yeah, but he was, he's from Kentucky, and uh, right to me, it was always too like people made fun of you for being from Kentucky. It's like he was my always my go to. Uh, Dwight Yoke was from Kentucky. You he's know, from I, Kentucky, and then he moved to Northern California to uh, with his family, I think. But I know he was playing um, music 
at the time punk was really big and he would follow punk bands so they called him punkabilly when he was first in la yeah like, I mean, before guitar yeah, he would and play Cadillacs. with like x and that kind of shit. he would yeah. right at the rock because, because at, at those days wearing a cowboy hat and playing country music was punk rock in la i'm sure right and then yeah. i think his rockabilly wasn't anywhere in la he was kind of the only guy doing it if i understand it right yeah and the, the, the thing that for me for dwight was that he's play, you know really traditional country music mm-hmm. and breaking through on the mainstream level at a time when that shit just wasn't happening anymore right and you could learn you, you know he would always play a buck song or sing mm-hmm. with george jones or whatever that would that i always like the guys who teach you about the guys before yeah that was the big had, thing with the stones you know they would always let you know they had arguments in the early days you know like we want to bring Helen wolf on this tv show you know like Ain't that kind of show, kids? Like, then we're not going on, you know. Right. Yeah. We're in America. We want to meet Howlin' Wolf. Invite him on the show. It's like this, you know, three hundred pound black guy. It's like it's a family show. It's like in the in the sixties. We don't right. want this. Like, no, no, no. That, yeah. Then we then we're not coming on. Right. Really. Yeah. So I, I love that shit. You know, respecting what came before you, I think, is important. Well, and we, Dwight is such a diverse artist. I don't think people like if you listen to his covers album, where he did covers of all these rock songs and country songs. His interpretation of them were really awesome. Did you hear his, his uh, Purple Rain that came out kind of recently? No, I didn't hear that. He has a, I forget what it was, maybe it's more like a bluegrass album. He did like a bluegrass version of Purple Rain that's amazing. Is it? Really? He's just an amazing artist. I think he's a great guitar player. And a, and, and just a, the greatest voice, too. Yeah, he has a great voice. So I don't know how he got on the subject of Dwight, but yeah, I listened to him talk to Whoopi, and then I bought... Um, um, this time, his album. Oh, this that's time, a great one, yeah. and then I bought guitars and Cadillacs, and then I, I just kept buying. Yeah, all I did those a covers albums. night in Nashville recently, and for like a charity, and you know they were asking me like we were just playing old cover songs, and I'm like, just give me all the Dwight songs because I just I, I can't sing like them, but it's just all the songs I know. I wanted to sing. Um, what was the song? Um, Ain't that lonely yet? Yeah, that's a I, great. I one. found out that was that that song's about Sharon Stone. Oh, I didn't know that. I think he dated her for like a minute. Yeah. Really? And then like, maybe she came crawling back for a second or something. He's just like, I ain't that lonely yet. Well, he sings a song about uh, Mr. Peabody's Coal Mine. I think it's a cover. It's an old, uh, old country song. Uh, it's, it's on Paradise Lost, I think, or Par- I Paradise. I'll tell you oh, my know. God. It's one of my favorite songs. It's about. Uh, he's got. Yeah, he's got. If I name my favorite country songs, he'd be up there. And like I said, those classic country songs, most of them are written so long ago that he, just to have some. Recently, it's such a huge deal. It was amazing. He redid all of... He did one whole album called Dwight Sings Buck. Oh, I've got that. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. a great album. And then Dwight Yoakam Acoustic.net. He did, I got that oh, I too. love that album because they're great. Every song acoustic is just him and a guitar. Such it's a great album. Is it called Paradise or I Said? It's Paradise. Paradise? And yeah. it's the... well, look up Purple Rain. I want you to hear I want Leanne to hear that. Okay. I don't think I have heard that. Um, I don't know how we started talking about Dwight. We were just talking about cool shit. Yeah, he is cool shit. Yeah. I've seen him, I don't know how many times live. Probably 12. See, it's already good. It sounds like a Dwight song. Yeah. It's right after he died, too. That's great. Well, I really like this. That's fantastic. 
I love Dwight Yoakam. I forgot how. Oh, he's so great. He's so good live. Have you ever seen him live? Oh, yeah, yeah. I oh, actually my saw, God. Have you ever listened to her, Billy Joe Shaver, who's a hero mm-hmm. of mine? He's one of the old outlaw guys. I saw him in a... Billy Joe's son actually um, OD'd years ago, mm-hmm. but was gu- Dwight's old guitar player for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And... um. Billy Joe is the real. I mean, Billy Joe. Do you know uh, the Waylon album uh, "Honky Tonk Heroes"? Yes, it's one of my favorite. Way- that those are all Billy Joe Shaver songs. Oh, okay. And Billy Joe was actually. We talk about like you know what's what's cool about what's happened to me here and there. Like Billy Joe Shaver reached out to me and said he wanted to meet. Like uh. that was like the you know I mean. What's his name? Him. Billy Joe. Billy Joe Shaver. He was just uh, he was just on trial a few years ago. People like I think it was even Waylon or someone was the quote was you know all the old outlaw country guys they go all outlaw country was was a bunch of guys trying to pretend they were Billy Joe Shaver he was the real fucking outlaw right and he, a few years ago he got he was on trial he shot, he shot his friend in the in the fucking mouth oh my god and he, and he got off <laughs> the guy lived oh hell he had a, he had Willie as a character witness and a couple other guys wow he told the judge the judge asked if he had any regrets and he said yeah I do have one that I didn't get my bullet back. <laughs> and his quote was, "I shot him right between the mother and the fucker." <laughs> <laughs> I shot him right between the mother and the fucker. In, in the mouth, I guess it didn't do do that much harm. And the guy, I don't right. know, he's, maybe he's not doing well now, but he didn't die. It was not a murder case; wow. it was just a shooting. I think he, you know, snuck up on him or so. I don't, I don't want to give too much of the details away because I don't really know him. But yeah, I meet, I meet the guy, and he's, you know, maybe three fingers. I don't know. Oh my god! Um, By the way, a, Billy Joe Shaver is uh, in New Braunfels, Texas, Friday, December 8th at Riley's Tavern. That's where he should I'd go, be. I'd go see. I'd go watch that. Heck yeah. I'd go oh, watch that. You, you'd lo- he puts on a great fucking live show. I bet. That's uh, how he started talking about Dwight is Hank 3. Oh, yeah. Hank 3 opened for Dwight at the Greek. And I thought the stand-up bass player was going to, like, play himself off the stage. He was so good that I went home that night and told him, we have to buy this album. I didn't even know that Hank Jr. had a son that was in music. I did had no idea who he was. I was absolutely blown away by that band. And then the next album came out like Hell... Um, uh, some Hell was the name in, in the album. Yeah, I've got some of those. But yeah, I... I um... That first album, like Lovesick, Broke, and lonely or something was so good um well i love hank, i love hank jr too i, I do love too hank i love hank jr too hank jr is like defies my college years that's all we listened to in college was yeah. hank um and uh what's his name david Allen. Uh, by Cole. the way you know you should listen to holly williams is uh hank's daughter hank jr's daughters i guess right. i guess hank the third i know her a little bit uh and uh hang the third sister i don't know how you know I, you never know who's whoa who's holly, Will- holly williams oh this can't be her i read something about her in she's really pretty Living. yeah she Amazing. um wow her, her she's married to a guitar player Ooh, right her now. her uh her middle name's audrey yeah i just watched that in that wasn't that hank's uh hank jr's mom's name i don't know so i watched a documentary on hank senior where did you see that uh it was not a documentary. I watched a movie on Hank Sr. Oh, that yeah, I heard they made him. The guy who made my shirt, the woman who made my shirt for my first record at the time was working on a Hank Sr. movie. Yeah. And she was telling, I think it must be the same movie. It's just like, not like a low budget. No, it was a, no, it was it was a, a legit a Hollywood movie. movie. It was awesome. It was really good. But Audrey uh, got pregnant while Hank was on the road and aborted the baby because she wanted to show him. 
Like she wanted to just. Yeah, I mean, just, he was the real. I mean, people forget as much as Hank Senior was influenced. He died at fucking twenty nine. Right. He it's was crazy. Really, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of. How shit. did he die? I don't remember. I think it was just skydiving. I think. Shut up. I'm kidding. I think that's a Jeff Ross <laughs> joke, by the way. I mean, his grandmother died. They go, "Oh my god, how did Grandma die?" And he goes, "Skydiving." What the fuck do you think? She's a tighter. Was it alcoholism or something? I think it was that. I think or? yeah, they found him in his car. I mean, I think it was just you know. Oh, hold on! I know living, he died. living too hard and just right. like you know catching up. He had a back problem, and so they were prescribing him pills and boozing, and I think. And I, back in those days, yeah, they didn't know what the fuck to do. No, probably. yeah. They were just like, yeah, take your medicine and, you know, he's like, how much can I drink? Just drink what you want. You know? Yeah, then no one ever told you to slow down. Holly Williams does not have any tour dates coming up. I would like to have seen her live. Yeah, she's really good. I, I, I saw Hank 3 live, and it was one of my one of my favorite. I took my whole crew um, to go. Someone, I, someone told me that he does, when, he, when you go see him, he'll do two sets. He'll do a punk set and a country set. He does the punk set and the country set. We left for the punk set. Um, but but only we had, a, we had an early we had an early call time, but uh, we stayed for the country set, and um, it was a great it was great. I've always had really great experiences at country shows more so than rock shows because I feel like with rock shows there is a little bit of a an air about them. Like you go to see Wilco, and it's I don't know, it's more of a hipster i don't yeah it's weird because the, the two are combining now because wilco used to play a lot of country you yeah know? um but i love country shows now just because it's with rock being pretty much dead unless you want to go pay 500 bucks to guns and roses it's like um um i saw guns and roses i um, saw them in high school i saw them for my birthday last year at where uh at dodger stadium how was it yeah it was I heard, awesome I heard they, sound, they still sound good oh I'm my a, god it was awesome I want to I want to check out his show. I actually uh, I was out of town, but he played uh, uh, you know the whatever the stadium's called where the Titans play. I always forget the company he owns it now. Um, and Stapleton opened up, and my the guy who produced my records played guitar with Stapleton on stage. I was I'm, I'm, but I was on tour, I couldn't go. But um, I heard Axel got his voice back or whatever it was. Yeah. It sound fucking killer. Oh, he was amazing. It was a great show. Really, I couldn't stand myself by the way one of the best shows i've ever seen in my life and this is a little off brand for this conversation was modest mouse which i've never been able to find them on tour ever again they stopped putting out albums i think it was one of and it they were great because they sounded like what they sounded like on the record like i saw cold war kids in in concert and i was they weren't as good they were like all jammy and stuff and i was like play it like i fucking heard it yeah i mean i'm i I don't like i don't like to just say like i just only listen to country like one of my favorite bands is spoon and the and i I got an email from the the guy from spoon is a singer brit is a fan and he came to my show in austin i didn't get to say hi but he's like you know it sounded great that's really cool that's really cool i mean that's the kind of cool means as much to me as you know as more more than you know um uh, you know, Billy Joe. Well, Billy Joe Shaver means more, I guess. Just cause I want to see him live. I want to see him. I want to see. Um, uh, uh, oh, my long hair just can't cover up. David Allen Coe. I d- I opened up two days for David Allen Coe. Um, you missed the glory days. I'll just say. I mean, I li- I, li- I, li- I love the guy. Um, he uh, he he's those not, days are gone. He's not in his prime. Let's right. just say that. I yeah. mean, I love the guy, but um, it's a. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to talk shit about him, but um, but it's not, he's the. I mean, he's got to be seventy now, right? Yeah, he's had a lot of years of hard living, but you know, he's written a song. And people, I think people like in our community kind of know that he was the guy who did dirty songs, and I, yeah. they always use him in reviews of me. But 
he had a legit country career with a lot of great fucking songs oh, that weren't yeah. dirty. Yeah, yeah, great. I mean, he's he is he is he's a he's a, he's you know he's a giant of country music by yeah, fo- totally. certainly. I you know what's, what's interesting too is I don't know if you guys I'll throw some trivia at you. You know, and he would used to he had those with his legit country career, and then he would kind of play these dirty songs. And uh, um, Shel Silverstein was kind of hung out with that gang. He goes, you should record those dirty songs. That was his idea, Shel Silverstein. Really? really? Yeah. Shel Silverstein wrote a boy named Sue. I didn't know that. He wrote a lot of country country tunes. Oh, you ever remember that band, Doctor Hook? Yeah. yeah. That was basically a Shel Silverstein band just to play Shel Silverstein songs. Did not know that. Those were all Shel Silverstein tunes. By the way, for That's everyone, kind of amazing. Wait, can I tell you one of my favorite songs is a Doctor Hook's Hook song. Uh, I got stoned and I missed it. Nope. You know that one? That's a good one. No, but I have, I have Doctor Hook. I have the whole. Let's see. Tell me why you think this matters to me, Leanne. I don't believe it. That, that, uh, uh, don't touch me. Hey, Ray. Hey, Sugar. Tell them who we are. Oh, you know the song? the song, yes. Well, we big rock singers. We got golden fingers. And we love everywhere we go. That sounds like us. Yeah, they're pretty freaky for the time, too. And we sing about truth. At $10,000 a show, right? We take all kind of pills to give us You know the title is? I don't know the title, but I know the song. The cover of the Rolling Stone. That's right. And it got him on the cover too. Did it? Yeah. Uh, I was. I thought I was on the cover of Rolling Stone when I was in in 1997, but it was back. I, but I was in the magazine, but uh, like that that part of that article about me. Call me the number one part animal in the country. Yeah, but it was uh, it was back. Well, did they tell you you were? What do you mean you thought you were on the cover? I I was gonna. They were like, you're gonna be in Rolling Stone this month, and I got it. And I grabbed the magazine. I was like, oh my god, I'm on the cover of Rolling Stone. But it was it was a picture of Beck. Oh, uh, which is you? You were looking at far away. I just, I just no. I was looking at it right up next <laughs> to me. He's just delusional. I'm just so excited. I was like, clearly, I'm gonna be on the cover. Clearly. Yeah, and and it was not me at all. And I but I for a second I was like, oh my god, I'm on the cover of Rolling Stone. <laughs> I was on the phone with my dad when I saw it. I pulled it out and I go, Dad, I'm on the cover of Rolling Stone. He's like, what? I was like, I got to call you back. And then I was like, wait, that's not me. That is not me. <laughs> you should write, you should do that for your comedy album. Do a article in Rolling Stone, like a cover of it, but just do inside of the Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone, gonna get. That's some good trivia. I had no idea. Yeah, Shel Silverstein, you can, you can buy his his original music too. It's pretty good. I mean, he doesn't have a great voice, but... um. Not a classic country voice, but he's all his. He does originals of all those songs. Well, yeah, he's a great writer. So wait, uh, can you? I would. I'd love for you to play another song if if you got if you could. Yeah, I'll play um, one that people are digging right now. People keep yelling it to me about shows. Here, Leanne, I think we're gonna take. Oh no, here, 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 here. Yeah. See, by the way, for those of you listening, this is my favorite part of the podcast. When you hear stuff moving around and you're like, oh, wait, what's going on? Yeah, I love it because you, you'll probably leave it in. Most people don't. I love leaving it in. It's the thing I love about a podcast. Yeah. I love when Rogan, when you're doing Rogan and he's like, someone's like, I gotta go to the bathroom. He's like, just go. And then you get like, I told one of my favorite stories I ended up putting in my special because Rogan was taking a piss and I told his story to Red Band. And I was like, I was like, oh, and then just because I was trying to kill time and it just had just happened. And then uh, I ended up putting my special. Gonna get my... 
I want to. I'm gonna. I might immerse myself in music these next this next couple weeks. Yeah, you got yeah. some time off. That's where I'm at right now. I mean, I, I'm out here doing some like, and maybe you can help me with this. I'll tell you what. This am I right to just say that? Fuck this town. I'm just. I mean, basically, <laughs> I just drove through Hollywood today. Yeah, fuck this town. Um. So is is is, is my is the is the thing with the Hollywood like a contract in writing just doesn't mean shit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't mean shit at all. I had a deal to do some, like a Wheeler thing, and it's it's, and I'm out here talking, you know, to work on it. It's like the the deal. I got it in writing to do like a Wheeler kind of special concert special. I don't know if it's gonna happen. Like, and I'm telling my people, like, you know, we have a contract to do it. They're like, that don't mean shit. I find sometimes in Hollywood. I find sometimes in Hollywood that um, you just got to do it yourself. And then they go, oh, yeah, that, that goes under this well, that, contract. That, you know what's funny is um, it's interesting to me because I've gotten all my success by, you know, label record label saying you can't do this. Well, I'll just do it myself, put it out, and then it becomes successful. And then it's like when I do a deal with a big company out here to do a t- concert special and it fucking falls through, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, I'm not following my own rules. Oh yeah, that's, but that's I I do that too. I, I do that too, and then I get burned, and I'll run it by someone like. And I use I use I always just say I, I use these people a lot in conversation. I say Ari, Joey, Joe, Tom. I use them a lot in conversation only because I know that I'm never gonna they're never gonna get mad at me for using them as an example, even if I didn't even have the conversation with them. But I, I'll do something traditionally like uh, go like fly in earlier for radio. And and I'll get fucked in some way, and then I'll bring it up to them and be like, "Dude, you know the like what like why are you even doing that?" But I but I believe I get, I I don't know I, well TV you know I wanted to do a, a you know like a last waltz kind of thing for yeah TV know. is where I get fucked. It's the like, problem go, is but the problem is you know we're still not in TV where we are in music. There's still they still they still own the airways. There's yeah. no like there's no independent like route for t- you know you could put on youtube right. which is does, i don't want to do that right i'd like it to be seen by people you know but right these people are just fucking me over and it's pissing me off is there any space for a live concert on netflix i think that's what we're, we're gonna look next i guess i don't know i mean netflix if you're out there i just got fucked over and it's available <laughs> well yeah i think that they are again the establishment that play by in one lane and and they they i it's uh, I'm not in this industry. I just observe it. My observation is there's very little creativity and very little motivation in that corporate and part. And also, like the the downside of them fucking over Wheeler Walker Jr. That is nothing for them. That, that's 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 coffee for them. They, exactly. They shits, there's you know. no motivation and there's no creativity. But there is from again, kind of over here. It's like there is problems if they do it and it fucking loses money. That's where they yeah. get in trouble. Yeah. Yes. But just but just bailing on you and stop returning your phone calls, you know, that's a day in the life. So I think it's pretty typical. And I think there's a lot of people in the television world, again, from my observation, that that just can't see outside the box. And if you if I think it's a rarity that you get somebody who thinks outside the box and put something on T V that's not already on T V. You know Yeah, I mean, I mean that's the thing. It's just like it seems like an industry where it's like Oh, this is new, and they go, "Oh shit!" More, more everyone, everyone else in the world, you go, "You got to hear this. You got to see this. It's, it's completely different." And here, that's an insult. You know, it's scary. It's scary because yeah. of what you're talking about. If it fails, I want to invite all these to fuckers to the LA show with two thousand people screaming. You know, right? And whipping their. Titties I'll be there. I'll be there. You guys want you guys want tickets, right? 
Oh yeah, 100%. 100%. I will, that uh, that's going to be a blast. I want to call Burr see if Burr wants to go. Burr would love it. Yeah, Bill came to the show we did at the Troubadour last he, year. Did he? Yeah, yeah. Burr, I was I've been texting with Burr about going out drinking. I think that would be a fun drink. Yeah, he's night. a he's a he's a fan. He's been really good to me. Like, just see play. if we get a good posse like me, Burr, Rogan, Segura, Ari, Joey. Get a I good think Joey's going to come. I think. Yeah, that'll be funny shit. I was thinking about. I mean, the problem. I wanted to have maybe one of you guys open, but. The problem is, and I don't, I don't like talking money, but like, from what I'm, he- and I didn't ask you guys about this for people listening. It wasn't like we had it, discussions about it, but it's like, it sounds like what you guys, what I pay an opener is like nowhere. Co- I mean, I just can't even compete. Like, you know, I don't know. Like, don't even give me like your number, but like, what's a like a a working comic gets for a weekend at, at clubs? Uh, it, well, the guys I just said probably a lot, but. uh I, I like. I think you can get you. I don't know. It would be hard to say. I wouldn't want to give out what those guys make. Not but, what they make, but I'm just saying, like, like, um, like you mean, like, you like you could pay an opener seven hundred dollars. Yeah, op- no, I would. I would pay way more than that. I I, I, I pay way more than that. But I'm saying, I think what I think would be good money would be an insult to some of the to you guys or something. You know, I don't so like. No, I, <laughs> you would never be able to reach Bill's number or Joe's number. Or even, I guess. Well, yeah, I'm, like, I'm talking like you know, yeah. I mean, but. But what number do you think is not seven hundred bucks? What number do you think is a, well? I mean, is a good it's, number. It's, it's four shows. Like, if I paid a comic to open up for me four shows. Well, you should just you should. I'm just, saying four shows, twelve k. Would that be? A, oh, that's no, that's more yeah, than enough. That's, that's more than enough. Yeah, right. yeah, that's, yeah, that's more than enough. Any comic. Any comic in I'm his right mind. I'm not saying that I, I definitely have that money, but that's no, what I'm totally. thinking. That's what you think. Yeah. Well, the thing too. Any comic think- to stay in the city and go to your shows and hang out. Well, the out. problem is it's a four show. It's be be that San Diego, Santa Ana. Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could definitely, you could definitely find that. That is very, 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 that's very. That's not an insult. No, no, that's not. Well, you have to think about it this way. There's a benefit for the comic who gets 2,000 of your fans to see their comedy. So it's a win-win and a That's sort right, of but, but I never think of it like that because to me, it's like they're doing me a favor. No, no. No, no. it's a win-win. Yeah. You do each I, other I, Look, I, I, I just did the Impractical Joker's Cruise, which was four days, um, for less than I would get paid uh, doing an, a regular show or four days of anything. But I did it because, uh, because Stan Hope had been on it the year before. Ari was going on it. Tony Hinchcliffe, uh, like a lot of guys were going on it that I want. Sarah Tiana, uh, Voss, Vecchione, all these guys were going on it and the Impractical Jokers. And I was like, wow, it's an opportunity to hang out with a bunch of comics for a weekend. And it's an opportunity that these guys are gifting me to show my stand up to their fans where you could theoretically accrue, you know, a bunch of new fans. The other thing, too, is, you know, I'll just use Joey as an example, but like, if I had Joey open up the shows, he can get me more promo from his fucking podcast, right. mentioning it once a week, than Golden Voice is the promoter, than they can get from fucking... Oh. I think they're going to give me a billboard or something. Like, his podcast would be bigger than any fucking billboard. Joey would... Right. Yeah, there would be a lot of people that would be like, this is the show I want to see. Right. Yeah, I just think... I mean... And I won't quote Joey's numbers, but I know Joey. And for Joey to not, uh, to not have to get on a plane, he, Joey would... I don't know He would Joey, have to... He had, Phoenix is a bit of a drive, but not bad, right? Yeah, but Joey's just Joey's Joey's like dog. I just want to be able to see Mercy. That's it. Yeah, he's well, very. He'll have, he'll have Lee drive to Phoenix, probably. Oh, there's a lot of options in that. Like, uh, yeah, in that. I, I thought it'd be like I just, 
I mean, I'm not saying you're not in the group. But I just think my audience would fucking flip for Joey. Uh, they lose their everyone's audience. By the way, my audience flips for Joey. Yeah, my audience. The number one thing they say to me. Number the, the top three things they say to me. Uh, number one is thanks for the free content. I love hearing that. Cause I go, I go. It's not. I'm I'm not doing it for free. Like I'm getting advertisers, but I understand that you feel like it's for free, and so that it means a great deal that you think. But I'm really in. I like I said earlier, my podcast is a is a passion project. I I enjoy this more than they're enjoying it. And don't um, forget, man. I mean, you've turned a lot of people. Like I've been doing a podcast since you talked me. You you, you explained me how to do yeah. it. Yeah. And we wouldn't have like we just had. I just had Lance Armstrong on. We uh. Because yeah. I was in Austin, he was a fan one to do it. We had Stapleton on, we had Dirks Bentley, like big guys. That's awesome. Fuck. And it's been, and it's getting numb. I mean, like, it's definitely enough that because I get sick of it some weeks, and my pe- mm-hmm. my people are like, "No, dude, it's getting numbers. You know, worth your time." To do I was it. I yeah, was that way. Great. I was that way at the beginning of my podcast. But the other thing they always say when they come up to me after my shows is, "Can you get Joey to come to this city?" That's the number one thing people is say. It really? Like one of one of the top three things. You'll go to Omaha. Like I, I, I had nothing to do with getting Joey booked in Omaha, but I definitely when ever so many people said it to me in Omaha. So many people said it that I said it to Colleen, and Colleen heard it so much that she reached out and was like, "Yo, I need Joey Diaz here. That would be a really fun match, you and Joey." Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think what happened is you know sometimes I'll talk to uh, I won't I need to talk to the people themselves instead of my fucking you know. Country managers in yeah. Nashville who they go, like their instinct is like you know he can fucking sell out two thousand people by himself. He doesn't need your you know he doesn't need you. Yeah. So I don't need them to talk to me. Why don't I just you know have oh. them you know whatever it works. My my thing is as long I just my thing is that as long as I don't give them an insulting because I love Joey, I just don't want to give him an insulting offer. No, know? I think first of all there and I don't like I said I feel I don't want to talk about numbers on yeah. the, on the podcast, but. I just don't want to. Um, I'd love. To, I mean, the original goal is always I'd love to, you know, show some great country up there. But it's hard to get country guys. There's so few country artists I like. It's hard to get them to come out west for four shows. Yeah, they got to travel, bring their whole band. You know, more ship out. expensive. Probably yeah, it's, too. it's just like the number they whatever number it is. They're already losing a thousand right already. So plane tickets and they got to rent equipment out here. And I've tried, you know, giving them, uh, you can use my equipment, blah, 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 and, or use my band even, but just like, it's just too fucking hard, you know? Can I tell you one of the things I've always wanted to do, Secret Time, is uh, I've wanted to write an album in earnest, like, and really write an album and release it, knowing people will laugh at what I think is really heartfelt, and <laughs> since, like... Well, like you, a comedy don't, don't album? You know, don't you know the Creed guys? Yeah, yeah, I wrote an, I know Scott, Scott's in Nashville. Is he? Yeah, Scott's in Nashville. I mean, maybe I shouldn't give his business out, but yeah, he moved to Nashville. I'm sure he's got to have said that somewhere. Oh, he'll 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 have, he'll have a, a really bad country album out soon. No, he, he's. Uh, <laughs> oh, but I wrote a song. Uh, I wrote a song one time called uh, "Mary Margaret" that I played so much, and my friends would I'd play, and they would simply laugh at me playing it, but they'd laugh behind my back. They'd be like, "Oh my god, it's so fucking bad." So I was like, maybe I'll one day I'll write an album. And maybe I'll go out and I'll tour it. Honestly, like... Uh, well, you've got all those hookups. I mean, th- we, I was making fun... I mean, to me, I've got all these other outlets, all these places, podcasts especially. But there's something to be said, too, about um, radio still is a big fucking thing. Like, we played Kansas City, um, and there's a DJ there named Johnny Dare. I don't know if you know the guy. I know Johnny Dare. I just talked to him the other day on the phone. Um, he... Uh, um, Shout out to Johnny Dare. Johnny Dare, how are you, man? Uh, I need your number, by the way, Johnny, if you're listening. Um, he... Uh, 
He, one you. of his one of his producers took all my all my songs and just bleeped them for on real their, on their own because I don't make censored versions. And he just started playing it and he just loves it. So we booked. We had a gig in Kansas City. It was like three hundred, and the pr- promoters call like we got to bump it up to the next b- bigger club, five hundred. The next thing, but by, by the time they got to the biggest club in Kansas City, the biggest club they could find was thirteen hundred, and sold it out. Wow! Just because of one DJ in one town. That's amazing. It's, I think he's Jake. I'll text. I'll text. Uh, I'll get you guys in touch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, went to, I, I went into Dara. the Shout station. To Jake. We, we 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 talked and we hung out. Awesome dude. And same thing happened in Cincinnati too. Is a uh, this guy Kid Chris who used to be on. Stern I know Lock. Kid Chris very well. Yeah, and he uh, he started doing the same thing. They just because I used to say it as a joke when people interview me, like you know, give me a censored version. I go, if you want to play it that bad, go fucking believe it yourself. Yeah. Some of these DJs fucking did it. And we did a twelve hundred seat theater in Cincinnati. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like to me, I just think of radio as old news, but it, it's it's still a big. There's a there, it's uh, it what it, it what it is is it isn't what it used to be. It's not national, but it still it's is. It, Kevin and Bean, Cowhead, Elliot, Elliot Kid Chris, Johnny Dare. Um, I mean, I, I could go through and name them all. Paul and Young Ron. Paul and Castronova. Sorry, Castronova. And uh, no, Young Ron left. He retired. But there's still a lot of great. Yeah, I did guy. Kevin and Bean when my first album came out. I got a. It's just a weird. I mean, I think doing country, a country guy on their show is kind of weird for them. But maybe I got to call them again about these shows. Um, but yeah, I mean, what's weird is you know those guys who will play it and not, they they come to the show because a lot of them I like to have them you know, introduce me at the show because the local yeah. community knows them. And in my head, I'm like, oh shit, hanging out with some you know doofus, you know, morning jock, shock jock. And they're all every, my experience has been these guys have been really fucking cool. They're always really cool. <laughs> they're all my. Some of them are my closest friends. And they're really a lot of them are really fucking. You know, that's a it's a radio voice, and they're really chill and they're cool. You know, it's like I, I guess I also forget too. They got to get up at three thirty to. You know, and they're not. You know, and you know, you got you have such a you have such an ingrained uh, group of like when I say uh, loyal fans, and, and I'm not talking about the ones that go to your show. I'm talking about the ones that are. Like us comics, like Rogan, Joey, me, Segura, like guys who legit are like support you in earnest. That when we put out stuff of of yours online, those all those guys know us and follow us because we do their radio shows, and they're like, "Oh shit!" They get like an inside track to something cool. Yeah, I mean, I I, I will say, I mean, I I spend a lot of time on Twitter. You know, when fan, I, it's like a fun thing we do. I just rip on fans and we go back and forth, but. I got a lot of. Uh, it's been cool to see so many passionate fans. You know, it's like what they do, when we sell merch at shows. They 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 do it by like per head. Yeah. You know, like how many dollars per per person you sold in merch, and we're fucking breaking merch records at these. These people go That's and they just buy everything. Yeah, I mean, it's been really cool to watch it. You know, and the watching the fans who are that passionate about it, who are you know, um. You know, you get to we get to sound check at three o'clock, and they're sitting out there waiting. It's like, guys, there's a bar next door. I, I, I yeah. go on, like, I got to sound check. I got to eat dinner, <laughs> take a shit, shower. Like, we got a long time for the show. Like, I'll make sure you get up front. It's not that big of a fucking deal, you know. Well, let's play another song. I got to get ready to go to Rogan's soon. All I'm right. going to Rogan's now, so we'll be talking about you on Rogan today. Cool, man. And uh, and we'll post will, this will, today. Will you, will, you, will, you pl- will you play this uh, Leanne clip on Rogan of her? Say my dates? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we had it in time. Um, but this is posting today. Yeah, I'm gonna post this. We're gonna post this afternoon at. Uh, oh, I got the dog at the fucking 
Joey with the left hook and then Bert with the right hook this oh, week. Oh, it's going to be... Uh, Double yeah. down. We, yeah. I call it spiking on uh, on Google Trends. It's yeah, my, well, I guess maybe I'll spike. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, maybe we sold... So f- tell all my people to fuck off. I sold some tickets. <laughs> <laughs> this is called... I mean, this one... I don't want to. I don't want to dedicate this to Leanne because it's called Drunk Sluts. But this is <laughs> that was it, my past life. It's a, it's an in honor of you. Oh. <laughs> oh, like, check it out. I got, I'll give you guys. We got Wheeler walking. That's awesome. Oh hell yeah! Oh, how cool. Can't 
hold the liquor so they stick a bunch of dicks in their butts. When I was younger, used to be no gal would ever cheat on me. Now I only seem to me doesn't get a shit to me. Now I only seem to me. That was awesome. How that sound? Okay, that was awesome. A little early for me, but yeah, you, you, between those two, we play. You can see kind of thematically where I'm going. Here. I do. Yeah, yeah. Man, a man lost. Yeah, dude. I I think I, you know I've said this for a long time. I think you're absolutely fucking brilliant. Thanks, you're man. One of I my favorite it. people to I ever, agree. ever, ever listen to, watch everything you do. I've always well, loved. Well, I, always... I mean, the, the feeling's mutual. I mean, I love what you're doing, and uh, you know, I kind of talked about it on Joey last night. I mean, I don't mean to compare you and Joey, but what I love, what I love about each of you is like what I love about Joey is growing up in Kentucky, like. There's no Joey Diaz. No, no, you know? no, no. He's a foreign object. Exactly, and that's what I love about him. But what I love about Bert is there's a Bert type guys in Kentucky, but there's no Bert. Bert you per know? se, yeah. There's yeah. A, and, and most of the Bert type guys are can, can be fucking. They don't have the heart of Bert. Right. I don't got to tell the his wife that she knows that, but you know, it's like um, there's something about Bert. And I'm talking to you like you're not here, but like your personality was like. It's the kind of guys I, I tended to not like, you know. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> it's like the, you know, the. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you've gotten this a bunch. I'm sure the lovable party guy. I mean, I yeah. just, I, just I, I love it. I love what you do, and you know, it's it means a lot that you're you're into what I do. So. Well, what's cool about your music is I swear to God, everybody. There are so many people that feel this way about women. That they, why are they doing that? Why are they so slutty? Why are they drinking so much? Why are they taking pictures of their pussy? Well, that's what, I mean, that's what yeah, this, where this song is coming from. It's yeah. just like, I'm like, I don't like it, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's where it's I, that's not I, what I'm looking for. Where I, what I, what people don't with, mis- misunderstand about my music, I'm like, they see the title Drunk Sluts and they think I'm going to be writing about like, fuck it. I love drunk sluts, love fucking right. about the butt. It's like, no. Like yeah. it's a misogynistic take on it. Yeah, it's right. not, it's the opposite. It's just right. like, I want the old fashioned girls, you know? Totally. I like where you're going. I like where you're going artistically. I feel yeah. like I connect with it super. I, wish, a, I mean, a, I wish people sent me pussy pics. I'm maturing, you know? Yeah. As all good artists should do. I'm maturing, but I refuse to tame my language. Joey is convinced I'm going to do a clean album soon, but we'll see. Well, hey, you know for a fact it is an open invite. Anytime you ever want to do my podcast, just let me know when and we'll set it up. Well, that was awesome to, you know, because we just talked yesterday and you're like, I got an opening tomorrow morning. I'm like, yeah. I'm fucking there. Yeah, I, dude, I'm so excited. I'm in, I'm in town getting uh, uh, projects rejected, so I've got time. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't even say that. I'm getting projects not rejected. I'm getting deals just cut in half. You know, they're just ripping them up. Well, I, was, I was here. To, I'm here to work. Yeah. And there's no work. The fucking project's gone. Well, that stinks. Yeah. Yeah, fuck them. I'll that's, get something better. That's someone with a lack <laughs> of foresight. Well, if we go out partying tonight, I'll hit you up. Yeah, let me know. So we can all hang out. It would be cool to see. Yeah, let's do a big party for the show, too. Yeah, yeah. December 3rd here in L.A. Novo. The Novo. I don't know what it's downtown somewhere. Yeah. Well, I'm coming to the show. Definitely. I'm in the Calusa Casino that weekend. That's Saturday or that Friday, I think. You'll be back Sunday. I'm back. I'm, I'm probably there Friday, and I fly back Saturday morning. Okay, cool. So I'll be there. We'll, I'll get a big posse. I'll send a group text to but Rogan just, and Burn yeah, everyone. Just, just let me know, and then I can, I'll put everyone on the list. 
No, Thank you. I appreciate it, man. This is, uh, by the way, been an exceptionally fun podcast. I did not expect Leanne to be a part of it. I don't want to do I'm it without Leanne. I'm anymore. so glad you were. <laughs> I bet there's a lot of people that are going to be like, hey, man, have her on the podcast more often. She asks insightful questions. It was a good mix. It was a good mix. great mix. It was a great mix. I just happen to know more about country music than Bert. I was going to say, I was like, where were you last time? Is my question. Um, I'm not always invited. Yeah, well, this one worked out perfectly. It did. Uh, I'm really glad I got to be here. Uh, I like talking about Loretta and shit, and people know what I'm talking, talking about. about. I yeah, I'm for sure. I think that there's person. so many people that so many people that people are going to now Google and be like, I got to get that Dwight song. I want to check out some Dwight Yoakam's a fucking Holly man. Williams. Uh, this it's been uh, it's been a blast, man. I will awesome, put, man. We'll well, I, lo- sure to- I love you guys, and I appreciate it, and it's, it means a lot. And uh, like I said, I don't have to get up early and do radio because I got the fucking What's the, what's your, what are your fans? The Burt Army or something? Let's give the them a Cogs name. of the Machine. Cogs, Cogs of the, of the Machine. machine yeah. Cogs of the Machine. We're, we'll be coming out with visors soon. <laughs> no, beanies. Beanies, beanies, beanies. beanies. Yeah, that was it. I want old school visors, but I can't find them. Like, I want the big brimmed visors. But yeah, my, my, my guys are all, you know, are old school country managers. So they, they have this whole formula. Just like the, the key to merch for them is make the cheapest thing that you can sell for the most. But like yeah. they would shoot me down like a visor or a beanie so fast because that shit's expensive to make yeah but i'm with you i just want to make cool shit i want cool shit the i want to wear it too we're yeah, the opposite of that exactly it's like i don't care if i make 25 cents a, that's so a exactly thing. the I'd way we get run more our merchandise people out to get my stuff so we i mean bert's manager all the time is is like you're selling your merch too cheap but bert's like if somebody's got a 20 dollar bill in their hand they'll buy a t-shirt and also too that's but, as i now i'm sure you say the same thing that's a walk-in billboard Absolutely, yeah. it's a walking billboard, and we buy expensive. We buy American Apparel like expensive yeah, shirts because you want it to people, look good. People remember if they, if they if you if they buy a t shirt from you and it rips apart in three after three washes or you it know. feels like sandpaper. Yeah, nobody I mean, wants to, and it's no the one's exact gonna, size. Of yeah, no one's going to fucking wear it. No, it's a waste of everybody's time and money. Yep, it makes yeah. No I've been sense. trying. To, I've been trying to be good about that, making sure I'm putting out quality. I need to get a Willie Walker Junior shirt. Um, yeah, we're we're actually wait on that because we got some. We'll have some uh, uh, new ones for these shows. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't. Man, I'm. I tell you what, I can't go to a rock or a, a music venue and not buy at least three shirts. Like I buy, I am the guy that well, I got, buys. We'll, we'll send, we'll send you like a care package. Shit. Dude, I would love that. Yeah. I would love to I rock one your of your shirts. So. I got your address because I came here, so. We'll send you. We'll send you a, a, a box of shit. We'll reciprocate. Yeah. If yeah. you want machine stuff. Oh, oh no, yeah. The I machine. Mean, the machine hoodie is is the most comfortable fucking hoodie I've ever put on in my entire fucking life. It's amazing. It's, it's a great so like comfy. Sunday afternoon. Sit in the house. It's winter, but I don't. I'm just gonna go get coffee. Maybe take a couple shits. Eat a pizza. Oh, it's a best. I was gonna say I need a good shit hoodie. It's a good one. <laughs> Doesn't everybody yeah, need exactly. a good shit hoodie? Yeah. On that note, everybody. Hey, uh, I can't wait. We'll be December third. We're gonna be. Be there. Awesome. I'm man. sending out a group text. You're the awesome. best. Awesome. Nice to meet you, you. Leanne, I ain't doing this podcast again without you. <laughs> <laughs> Next time we'll all get drunk. Yeah. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.